I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-truckin' down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-lookin' for another load. Well, it's a family tradition, any rocky mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings. But that's never been a problem, cause we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a truckin' down. What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Welcome back, Brother Jim, Brother Dave, and Super Dave. Good morning, guys. Happy Podcast Day. Hi, everybody. Morning, everybody. Morning, morning. Jim, Dave, Dave. Woo, woo. Welcome to a beautiful Wednesday. Oh, yeah. You guys feel like doing the pledge this morning? Absolutely. Yeah. I, was, I always feel like doing the pledge. I had a pledge. feeling you would, so let's get it, <laughs> let's get it going. I pledge, I pledge allegiance to, to the flag of the United, United States of America and, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all father god we thank you for the opportunity to go out and do some trucking today we pray for the safety of our fleet all of their families and all the other families and individuals we come across on the road today we pray for patience and the making of good safe decisions we pray to be accident free and that we all make it back to the comfort of our homes this evening we pray for jr and his family for comfort and peace during this tough time of losing his father and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Some very sad news. JR did lose his father this past weekend, and uh, we just want to support and show JR lots of love. And uh, just talking to him today, I asked him if he had anything he wanted to tell people about his dad, and he said that uh, my dad cherished his children and his grandchildren more than life itself. He held the world on his shoulders above us so that we didn't have to bear the weight. He wanted the best for us, all while serving anyone and everyone he knew. He will be dearly missed by many. And then he also wanted to say thank you very much to everybody who has communicated, commented, messaged, whatever. Thank you very much for your condolences and support. Please be informed that my dad's funeral services will be this Friday, May 5th, at Tabor Rice Funeral Home in Brighton, Colorado. Visiting hours will be 4 to 6 p.m. Service and pastor's words starts at 6 to 7 p.m. My father wishes was to be buried in Fort Lupton, Colorado, and it will be at the Hillside Cemetery Saturday, May 6th at 10 a.m. One more time, thank you so much for all the support to me, my sister Isabel Sands, and my brother Daniel. So I'll post that information uh, in the podcast notes. Uh, we do want to have a moment of silence before we continue the podcast. So moment of silence in honor of JR's dad.
All right, so we're going to try to change gears and return to joy here. Uh, JR, just know that we do love you, buddy. Thank Dis- you, you, JR. Disclaimer, anything you hear on today's podcast is just the opinion of the four men in this room, not of JFWs. Episode 78 had 491 downloads. We are at 33.2 thousand total downloads, and we have 193 followers. Pretty Very good cool. stats. Yeah, yeah good yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. It's time for the Dad Joke Challenge. Who wants to kick it off? Man, I'll jump in there. I'm kind of excited about this one. You guys all uh, <laughs> you guys all know The Rock, right? I mean, he's like the number one highest paid actor now. And, really? You know, he used to be a, obviously started out wrestling. Well, he started football, failed at that, went to wrestling, you know, skyrocketed to fame, yada, yada, yada. But I knew all that. Can you, you smell what's cooking? Because I watch Young Rock. <laughs> oh, there you go, dude. So do you guys know how The Rock pees? Wow. Just going right there, huh? One, one stone <laughs> yeah, at a that's, time. That's, that's he in Dwayne's his Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> what? He Dwayne's his Johnson. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that one. Wow. That's freaking Good. awesome. Wow. <laughs> well, I ran across this one. I tried to remember if we've done it or not, and it could be just as bad as yours. Do you know what a, you call a guy with no shins? No shins. Yeah, no shins. Got any idea what you call a guy with no shins? No, really I, short. No idea. <laughs> Tony? Tony. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. You get it, Super Dave? You got it. I hope my wasn't that bad. Me? Tony. <laughs> no shins. Well, that's, that's as bad as mine. You know, my, my friend says to me, what rhymes with orange? I said, no, it doesn't. wow so check it out a cowboy rides into town and stops at a saloon however when he's finished his drink he walks outside to find his horse has been stolen the cowboy walks back in the bar loosens his guns in the holsters and says i'm gonna have another beer and if my horse ain't back outside by the time i'm finished i'm gonna do what i done back in texas do what i done back in texas the cowboy has his drink, goes out, finds his horses back where he left it. The bartender calls out after him. Hey, partner, what exactly did happen in Texas? The cowboy says, well, I had to walk home. <laughs> oh, that's good funny. stuff. That is good stuff. All right. Some JFW business here. New employees. We got Mike Rucker, Israel Robledo, and Ramiro Ortiz. Welcome, you guys. Yeah, welcome. Glad to have everybody. you aboard. Celebrations, anniversaries. We got one anniversary this week, and that's for Andrew Martinez. He hits his three years on Friday the fifth. Very cool. Happy yeah, congratulations! Yeah, congrats, Andrew. Good job, Andrew. And then birthdays. We had Joe Graziosa. His birthday was uh, April thirtieth. So what was that? Sunday. I believe yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Happy birthday, Joe. Yeah. Happy birthday, Joe. I want to give a shout out to Gilly. Gilly, uh, Gilly bleeds JFW. If you guys haven't realized that, not only did he perform perform great at the Truck Rodeo, he is a go to guy. The other day, he shows me a hat he had made, and it's a uh, black hat, red bill with the red JFW uh, logo. Mm-hmm. Not the complete logo, but the JFW Corp, real big. It looks really good, man. That's oh, awesome. cool! Yeah, he's proud to wear it. Uh, shout out big country wants to give a shout out to all the drivers that have been coming down to union and working with us bulkers 
letting us get in there and get spun around to back in between the piles before they dump. It's very tight in there, like threading a needle. So thank you, guys. So that's just some uh, good, courteous trucking right there. Yeah, sure yeah. is. It's the right thing to do, isn't it? Right. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of big country, he and Jack, I left the card downstairs. I, I forgot to bring it up. But they sent us a card, one uh, for, I believe it was his one-year anniversary. Didn't he mm. just have yes. one year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also they wanted to thank us uh, for the wind chime that we sent to, to Jackie for losing her brother. So condolences there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's podcast. First thing we want to discuss is the driver shortage, the JFW driver status, and the value of the slip seat position. Who wants to take that? <laughs> I, I just want to back up right quick. Should we get with Gilly about doing some custom hats, get some feedback from him? Because weren't we just asking? We yeah, need, Linda just we, sent up some hats for Ann to check into. Right, so, we were yeah. looking for little quality hats, so maybe yeah, we need to give a nice. shout out to Gilly and go, you know, what are you guys looking at? I know uh, Troy has always asked for a better quality hat or a, a different kind of hat, and I think we're – we're to that point. We need to order some or look yeah. at some. So yeah. maybe we'll get have those guys reach out to Gilly and Yeah, that'd Detroit. be cool. I've always thought our hat quality is pretty good until this last batch. I don't know what happened. There. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the it was like the same order, but it it yeah. something changed on the, the thread in, count. Or yeah, something. embroidery. Yeah, yeah we embroidery went to yeah. yeah. It wasn't the full logo. Gilly's isn't a full logo either, but it's so big it looks great. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's. Yeah, when you see a hat and it's, you know, some people look good in a hat and they make the hat look good, you know, and then yeah. sometimes the hat looks really good. And you're like, well, that's a cool hat. It makes you look good, yeah. right? right? So same, yeah, same thing. Hats I, are kind of like shoes, aren't they? Yeah, you yeah. Know, you get a well, no, sharp... I wear shoes on my feet. I know, but it's still the same accent. <laughs> like that one shirt that you always look good in, Dave, right? Yep. yep. I, can't, I can't make a flat bill hat look good. No, no what. I'm just. Uh, That's a unique look. Me. Yeah, doesn't look good for me. Yeah, so. exactly. So sorry, Jam got sidetracked there, but it's all good. So yeah, the the driver shortage part of it. Yeah, I mean, is there really a driver shortage? It seems like there is at other companies. Yeah, we've you know talking to our competitors and and talking to other people in the industry, not necessarily our competitors, but there's still that shortage of drivers out there, and I, I you know I don't I don't know if it'll help or not because this will lead into some other stuff i wanted to talk about in the podcast but i know fedex is about to lay off some more drivers in different situations i don't know if they're class a but they're uh uh how they stated their full truckload division or less than a truckload division that's how they say it yeah less than a truckload division has just slowed up and they were looking about doing a bunch of layoffs towards the end of the uh may here um, I think uh, 28th is what they said. So does that put some more people in the market or is that, you know, it makes it worse for everybody, even though people are still looking for drivers. You have all these drivers without jobs, you know, different things like that. So yeah, what, what we hear jam to answer, you know, to say yes is yeah, there's a driver shortage. Our driver status is we've been working hard on, on building, 
you know, a backlog of drivers, and that was your other thing here. The value of our sleep slip seat position is. Well, that's you know, a tongue twister today, isn't it? it? Slip seat drivers. It, yeah, <laughs> that slip seat driver <laughs> yeah. is that we have a backlog of drivers or a, a group of extra drivers right now. But that makes our PTO program strong. That makes our, you know, when you get tired and you want to grab a PTO day, that allows us to do that. You know, where, where are you at now, Jam? How many people do we allow off? Well, right now we're allowing seven people off a day and three early off slash in lates, right? That doesn't include call outs. I mean, we, we could, on a bad day, we might have five people call out. Yesterday we had three people that were sick, you know, so that number. You know, if we if we have seven off, the three early offs, but then we have five callouts. I mean, that's thirteen people that aren't here. You know, so you yeah, and it's I mean? just it's crucial to have those the <clears throat> extra people yep. to make all of that work. That's y- yeah, that's the connection in our chain. Yep. yep, you know what I mean. And if we don't have that, our chain is broken, and that's what has allowed us to to empower everyone to take those days off. You know what yeah. I mean? To make their PTO work for them. Yeah. That's the win-win part about it. It's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, yeah you, usually that slip seat is a new person, but the value of that new person waiting for a truck is huge. And we're fortunate enough, we have extra people when we're talking about a driver shortage. I mean, one company we just talked to, they're 25 drivers short. You mean 25 empty trucks? 25 yes. trucks are sitting a day. Yes. yes. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if we had 25 trucks, we couldn't service our customer. Yeah. And, and well, we couldn't pay our bills. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, right. not only does it go to our bottom line fast. Yeah. 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 It's so, yeah, I guess the, you know, when we give a shout out to a new person, yeah, welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our culture. Hope you're part of our culture. But you also are serving a key position yep. in our company the day you walk in the door. Yeah, and just to be clear, so our slip seat position, sometimes we call them spare drivers. Ultimately, we want you to be in a truck, right? Yeah. <clears throat> we, we don't have a spare board where we'll call you if we need you. Like, we guarantee if you come to work, you know, we guarantee you if we don't have a truck available, we're going to double you up with somebody. And I'll just say, we're going to pay you 300 bucks for the day. Yeah. Guaranteed yeah. 300 to to pair up with somebody. You could take a nap. You could be on your socials. Whatever you got to do. If you're not driving and you're in that, you're in that uh, jump seat, you, you could kind of have a nice yeah. little day and then switch off with the guy that's driving. So our slip seat program is is not like other companies where it's like, up oh, sorry, we didn't need you. Sometimes a driver may rather go home, and we'll give them, you know, what is it, two hundred dollars to go Jim, home. We had a truck break. Yeah, we we've had one that the shop's been working on, and I don't want to mention any names because I don't want to like. Jinx him? Uh, yeah, well, not jinx him. I just I don't want somebody to like look down on it or something. Which right. I I'm proud of it, right? I'm proud of this fact. But he hauled one load. Well, I'm not proud of the fact the truck broke, right? Right. But the shop has been working through it. The driver came in. He's he's a rock star. Went and hauled the one load like he was asked to. We knew there was possibility of problems with it. Had to bring the truck back in the shop. We didn't have another truck for him to drive. So at what was it, eight thirty in the morning, we sent him home with two hundred bucks paid. Right. I mean, that's that's a two hundred dollar day off. Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. I would take two hundred bucks to go home. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Me. Or if you rather make three hundred, we'll just put Ride you in you another truck. Yeah. 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 And usually that's a training opportunity too. That might be in a bulker, maybe. Right. That might be you know maybe we got a low boy stuff. Maybe yeah. it's Coors. Maybe it's C Max. 
you know, we try to do that too. And right. and if you get put in that position, ask if you can ride with somebody that maybe you haven't done a Coors. Yeah. I, I don't know if we have somebody doing that. You know, it's there's so many opportunities. You just I don't I, I'm going to get it started because it's it's my closing thing. But back to situational awareness, <laughs> right? And and oh. maybe we can shorten it up because I did find an article. They just call it SA. Huh. Before we jump on that, I just kind of want, if, if you're changing gears, I'd like to no, throw the Jake break on for a second. <laughs> I just remember uh, in 2018, when I got in this position, I remember one of the drivers said, people should be lined up to work at JFW. And that's what we got going on right now. We got a line of people waiting for trucks, right? So nice job, Super Dave getting these guys in the door and nice job to the jfw family for keeping them here for actually showing people our culture is what dave describes in the interview you know so i'm just proud of that i think that's awesome yeah i think we have to be jim i think the we've we've spent a lot of time as a group of of our family building that Mm -hmm. you know i mean and and trying to live that our creed you know the the pledge, our our prayer here in the beginning, you know the the shout outs, you know how we conduct ourselves on the on the job site and out in the public. Yeah, we should be very proud of that that we've we've built that, yep. you know, yeah. and it and it has taken everybody, every single one of us. Oh, absolutely! It's kind of scary because it. I hope it doesn't sound cocky because that's the last thing yeah, you last. want it to sound like. We're just blessed and thankful yep. and. Yeah, I was actually going to. You know what I yeah, mean? I was like, going to throw a disclaimer out, like not to sound prideful, but there is a little bit of pride in that. Yeah, you know? yeah, we can and be then, proud of it, but it like scares me. Like, oh, it could it, all change tomorrow. Right? Oh yeah. Right, and I Pace guess yourself. that's yeah. That's when you're like, oh man, now what? Do, we need to almost regroup. What are we doing wrong? What? Yeah. You know what I mean? All of those scenarios, yeah. right? But you we're know? always transparent. I mean, if we're doing good, we're going to say it. If we're running into problems, we'll say that too. Yeah, so. I think there are some like areas of the economy that are slowing down right now and we're starting to see that uh freight is one of them um amazon is another one as far as people aren't just sitting at home ordering things online like they were during covid Um, a lot of drivers are coming to me that they have jobs but it's really slow so they're beating the bushes they're looking for a better opportunity and as always, thank you, Wash Team, because they say, I see your trucks everywhere, and they are always clean, and they always, they look like the best trucks on the road, um, which the, they are. It's more than just looks. We have, you know, all of the support in the shop and everything that takes care of this stuff. But um, the people really are seeing JFW, and they say, wow, that company is busy. And, you know, we have had a long winter. It was really actually a slower winter for us, but we do have a lot of work lined up. Mm-hmm. And we are looking for a really great season coming forward. And and um, so that is a value to us to give to these drivers that are signing up. And yeah, we do have tr- uh, drivers waiting for trucks, but we will keep you busy. We will send you out and you will drive that truck. And I I tell everybody this too, like we want to build a long-term relationship, right? We want you to work here for years. We want people to be part of the JFW family and contribute all their positive uh, efforts and energies. And if you're going to be slip seating for maybe eight weeks, 12 weeks maybe, 
is that not just a drop in the bucket if you're here for two years or four yeah. years or eight years or ten years? Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Um, yeah. I just loved what you told me the other day, Brother Dave. Um, I didn't need, I mean, of course, I'm always looking at retention and, you know, how long people are here and who's been here for 10 years and who's been here for, you know, 10 weeks, but they still leave. But you guys, uh, we renew our insurance every June. And so you guys have been having meetings with insurance companies and they were very, very surprised. We have 60 something people that have been here at least two years. Over and two I, years. Yeah. I thought, holy oh, that's cow, that's pretty good. And they said, you have no idea. Yeah, it's so, like phenomenal to everybody else, Super Dave. I mean, I mean that means our culture is special. Yep. It's working. Yeah, and, you know, the, the pain in the butt about slip seating is being in a different truck potentially every day, right? But I remember being a driver just because of where I grew up in New York. <laughs> at the end of the day, if I cared about it, I took it out of the truck. And that's when we had to buy our own CBs. And I, I took every, it was like I was slip seating, basically. It's mm-hmm. like I get there a little bit early, set everything up. You know, I have my own, we have to have our own tools back then too. So I had a tool bag in my trunk, my CB, everything just came in and out of the truck every day. So I could resonate with it being a pain in the butt, but I mean, it's very doable. Right. You know? Yeah, it's also an opportunity to learn. I mean, we do have the Freightliners, we do have the Kenworths, we do have the Peterbilts. They're, they're still a truck. You know, we talked about that through the truck radio. Should be able to drive them all. But here's your opportunity to possibly drive every one of those. Maybe see which one you like the best. Maybe you get, you know, you get in that guy's truck that's just absolutely spotless inside and you're just like amazed. And then you might get in the guy's truck that doesn't take quite a good as care of it. And you're, you know, it's, it's an it's a opportunity to see what's out there and how things work. I think we all learned something about the Freightliners this morning. Yeah. Yeah, with the lights, right? Yeah. 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 Thank you, Greg Wise. Yeah, Greg Wise came up with. Greg Wise is pretty wise. He's pretty wise. (laughs) Very interesting. You know, somebody must have called out that he was leaving with his porch lights on. Yeah, Armando did, yeah. And then he came back with like, yeah, they turn off when I hit five miles an hour. That's that's cool. I had never known that. We'll have to test that. Yeah, it's a good. I mean, what he mentioned also was it was a good reminder of not to go over five miles an hour in the yard. Mm-hmm. His lights are on. Yeah, I mean, like, what a great idea. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Anything else on that, Jim? I know I... No, nah, I mean, not unless you guys got anything to in it, just the, the value of that slip seat position yeah. or that I, new person and, and how short we are or short other mm-hmm. people are. Mm-hmm. I have something a little bit on, on the same subject, but a little bit off. So if you know... You're off tomorrow, or you're taking a week's vacation or whatnot. Please leave your truck how you expect to find it. There is going to be another guy in that truck, so make sure it's fueled. Make sure you've topped your oil off. Windshield washer fluid. Clean up your trash. Maybe wipe the dash down and stuff, because that's kind of a big deal. When another driver gets into a truck, then he's like, well, it's got, I had to add a gallon of oil. It's got no washer fluid. But then that, I guess, goes down the line because then he doesn't replace it, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's like, well, it didn't have oil or, you know, it didn't have washer fluid. I had to put 65 gallons of fuel in it. How you leave that truck is a representation of you. Absolutely. And it's it's tough to, to leave it better than you found it when it was good. When it was already better. I have one more request to add on top of that. 
if you have your own big fancy CB that you put in there that you're not going to leave for the week you're gone, please, please tell at me. least let us know <laughs> so we can put a CB back in. Because we buy all the not trucks with CBs. Names. <laughs> We've spent a lot of money buying CBs. Oh, my God. You have no idea. If you think you have an expensive CB, you have no idea what our bill is. Huh. Right? So when we get in a truck and there's no CB... <laughs> <laughs> One thing I've ran across too is if you're a guy that fuels every night, fuel at night the night before you're off. You know? That's kind of where I was going. With yeah, that. I mean, I've seen that happen before. Like, oh, I, you know, I got to fuel his truck in the morning. It's like, wow, that guy fuels every night. Well, I guess not when he's off, you know? So, again, when you leave your truck like that, if I get into a truck and doesn't have fuel and I got to do all these things, that tells me you don't take care of your truck. You know what I mean? So, yeah, am I going to leave it better than. You left it, I might leave it the same way. You know, obviously, I'll make sure there's fuel. Well, I'll make sure there's oil and nothing's going to blow up. But typically, I'm going to fuel up one time a day. You know, and if that's going to be in the morning, I'm probably, if I got it empty in the morning, it's probably going to be empty the next day, too. Do yourself a favor and put the cart back. Yeah, exactly. That's a good analogy there. No doubt. All right, Brother Dave, I think this one is yours. You wanted to talk about the ABS light. What do they mean? Near and dear to my heart. What do they mean and what you should do? (laughs) What do they mean? What does ABS mean, Dave? Anything but safe. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not right. There's there's an opinion expressed by us. (laughs) Yep, Yep. we're anything. Because you know somebody, a new listener, is going to listen to the podcast and go, safe light is on. Yeah, I always wondered what that stood for. Now you know. That would be your anti-lock brake system, right? Ooh. So, and that is all it means. That is all that light means. And and you know, for those of you that aren't of the age of the men in this room that drove vehicles well before there were ABS, that just means when you pound on the brakes, your tires will lock up, right? ABS, the anti-lock, means when they're locked up, they pulse and release. Are they safer? Yes, because they keep you skidding in a straight line. Where prior to that, if you skidded, you could skid out of control. So if you're in a skiddable situation, if you're in a skiddable Dave, situation, yeah. does it Such have anything to do with normal operation? I, you were probably going yeah, here, Dave, yeah. but I just it, got it to has exp- nothing to do with normal with operation. How that brake works, how it functions, how it does anything. All it's telling you is I I will lock up and not pulse to release as I'm locked up in an emergency situation. Right. There is no law that says, you know, that's illegal, anything like that, that, you know, yada, so, yada, yada, right? I mean, it's it's safe to drive, 100% safe to drive. So I believe the DOT regulation is when you turn your key on, the ABS light needs to come on. Needs to work. Yeah. Yes. And then if it goes off... It's operating completely right. Correct. If you turn your key on, the ABS light comes on and stays on, that means you just need to write it up and let the mechanics know you're yep. not out of service. Yep. The problem is, is if you turn your key on and the ABS light doesn't come on. Doesn't do anything. Then you got a problem. Exactly. Yeah, because nobody's going to know there's a problem with the system or it's working right. Right. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, which, <laughs> I hate to sound like a jerk, but we may have more of those than we even realize. Mm. Right, because you don't ever see that light come on. Yeah, yeah, you're not looking for that light. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that's the thing is you should be looking for, for the light. Exactly. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. my point, Jam. Yeah. Is I hate to say that, but yeah. right. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that's that's what they are. That's what they mean. You are perfectly safe to to go with it. 
you know, I haven't even spent enough time in, in all the newer fleet that we have. It's my understanding, and I could be wrong here, you guys. Maybe one of you can correct me. When that light is on on the trailer, I think it sends a signal to the tractor. And a, there's a an actual uh, little... There's an icon. Thank in, you, in Dave. That's the word I was looking for. Absolutely. Icon. For the, comes for the trailer, trailer side now? A, trailer okay. ABS, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, That's, yeah, you are perfectly fine to run with that. Now, the trucks... Same exact way, right? That eliminates your your analog brake system. We've we've had that happen. It's not nearly as frequent as the trailer. Now, you're totally safe again to run all day. I will warn you when that ABS light is out. Nine times out of ten, I believe that cancels out your hill start assist, which means when you let off the throttle and go or let off the brake and go to the throttle, the truck could roll back if you're on a hill. I think it eliminates one other function because it doesn't know to apply the brakes because that's not functioning. Still totally safe. You just have to have some situational awareness and realize what's going on. Both of those, just right up when you get in at night, you know, if you're over at the other yard, you can send an email, but you got to write it up. You know, if it's going on for a week, you got to write it up for a week. Get with the shop. Get with one of the mechanics. You know, have a conversation. Don't write it up once and go, oh, they never fixed it. That's our, you know, we've we ran into that as an issue so many times over the years. Well, I wrote it up and they didn't fix it. Well, they may think they fixed it, but they didn't know because you haven't written it up again. You know, maybe they fixed it and it worked for two days and then messed up. And if you didn't write it up again, we don't know that. So, gotta, you know, life is about communication. That right there that I'm explaining, that's called situational awareness. You know, I can sit here, we, we joked because we've got so much feedback because I drowned on it so much last week saying situational awareness. We should have called last week's episode a drinking game that every time I said situational awareness, you had to take a drink or a shot. And uh, I would have been drunk. Oh, could you imagine a <laughs> shot every time I said that last week? I think you just have to take a drink of, well, you know, have your beer and take a drink. I think we're at four or five already. So. I know, but, but it's so applicable it does you know what i mean it fits. it's it's, yeah. it's just the thing man you have to have situational awareness in everything and you have to communicate i know a lot of people don't like to communicate they you know they may not feel aware of of what's going on or you know may not know the verbiage of what things are called we don't care you've obviously listened to the podcast we sure screw them some things up you know i mean come talk to us and go hey that thing on my truck isn't working or that that one light is on i'm i don't understand Come just talk to us, communicate to us. Man, you got you got Scooby at the Fuel Island. You got Casey and Kendrick at Yard 23. You got JR. You got Jam, Super Dave, myself, Jim. We are here to help you. That is our job here is to help you. We've said this a, a million times. There's two positions here at JFW. You're either a driver or a driver support. All the men in this room are driver support, every single one of us. And it ta- you know we're constantly talking about that chain, right? If, if one of us screws up and that we break a link in that chain that's our fault but you know back to what dave was saying about the wash bay keeping the trucks clean there's huge part in the chain the shop keeping the trucks running huge part in the shame chain drivers showing up huge part of the chain the the uh, slip seat position huge part of the chain dispatch i mean it just goes on and on our, our chain is 10 miles long huh. never ending right yeah <laughs> Geez, I got all that from an ABS light. Am I the next one, too, for air inflation system? Well, before you do that, because you were talking about situational awareness, I just want to back up and also give a shout-out to uh, Andrick. I met with him for his one-on-one yesterday. 
He listened to the podcast. He was training with Ray yesterday. Well, all this week. Anyway, he's like, hey, I got to that light and on Firestone Boulevard and I-25, and I realized where I was from listening to the podcast oh, wow. and watching wow. the video. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, this is this, this is that intersection. You know, and Ray's like, yeah, it is. And he was like... He's like, man, if that if I don't have a green arrow there, he's like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so it works. It's kind know? of funny, Jim. My kid was up there and dropped a friend off last night at like 9.30 at night uh-huh. on a school night. And I I had the urge to call him and go, hey, there's there's no red arrow there. And I'm like, well, you got to figure it out sometime. I'll right. see how well his situational awareness works. Because huh. that's the other thing, too, you guys. And, I mean, talking about that light. So it frustrates me. When we don't have a light, an arrow that works like that arrow, because I am smart enough to tell that I have a car heading at me. You know, the light stays green, so that gate that gives me the right of way to make my left hand turn, right? But most of the time, they give you a red arrow. Why? Because most of us don't have good enough situational awareness to go, hey, I can't make a left in front of that car. Yeah, I don't. So they give you a red arrow. They're controlling you because you cannot. Okay, you can go right back to the ABS. That is a government thing that the government created after studies of studies that we don't have good enough situational awareness not to put our trucks into a skid in certain situations. So to help us, they devised a computer system not to put the tire in a skid. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, Jim. Joe Bob invented it. It was your government because you couldn't do a good enough dry- job driving the damn truck. Nine scariest words. Right? The government? Hi, we're <laughs> from the government and we're here to help. <laughs> right? What did right. you do when you used to drive before ABS brakes, Jim? What were you taught to do? Not skid the truck, Dave. No, no, and no, and look in brakes. front of me. Yeah. And, you know, if you were on ice, what would you do yeah. to lo- so you didn't lose control? Yeah. Pump your yeah. brakes. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> or live, leave a following distance, or control my speed, or you know when you get to that light, hey, people are coming. I can't make a left hand turn. Yeah. You, you know, know what I used to do. We and you guys know this, but we would back off one brake on the trailer. Oh yeah, yeah. So one yeah. wheel would always keep rolling, even if you did have to hit your brakes kind of hard, and you were happened to be on ice, and you would stay straight as an arrow. Yeah, one absolutely, on the truck, Dave. One on and the what happened to that? What happened to backing that one brake off? Because people oh, wouldn't adjust their brakes. What can't happened, do Dave? that because you have automatic slack adjusters And now. who created automatic slack adjusters? The government. Bendix. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hi, but, we're from the government, and we're here to help. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know, but because we can't, as as... As humans or people, we're faltered. You know, we don't we don't stay on top of our game, which is hard for all of us to do. But you know, the, it, the same. We're about to get to the air inflation system, and all we're trying to do. Jim Senior said last week he really enjoyed this podcast, and he enjoys the other podcast when it's more technical and it's more about the trucks. It's more safety, safety related. What less yeah. dad jokes, more safety. Safety, safety, safety. <laughs> yeah. How do, you, how do you do that and make it work? But you know, just to understand the ABS system, you know, and if you don't, the when you were talking about us coming out, anybody can come and help us, Dave. The thing that I was thinking, you know, yeah, I'd love when people ask because I have the knowledge to help. But the thing that also bothers us is when, you, oh, it's always been like that. 
It's always been like that. You know, I that catch, lights never work. Yeah, I catch myself saying that, and then I'll be like, "Oh, don't say that because it's bad." You know, you, you need bad. to make a change. It wasn't like that when we bought it. It shouldn't be like that, and we want it fixed. You sit there and think, "Oh, right. well, you know, it's always been that way." Oh, I got to change it. And and I the thing it is, always is bad. You got to make it better. Yeah, and if they get in a truck, were the lights out? There, you're right. It's always been like that, but, but it it's not. Be exactly well the air inflation light you we were talking about abs a minute ago but the air inflation light we have run into that before because somebody's tire has not been airing up and then we find out the light is burned out yeah or they turned the valve off yeah you know which is even even worse yet we, we so. ran into that more often than not like a couple years ago a year and a half ago and the shop was able to go through i think anytime we were working on the system they were shutting that the valve off, mm-hmm. you know, to the, the supply. It was the supply. And the driver the, wasn't aware. Right. But they because, didn't check. Yeah, we were never checking it. And the shop, you know, would make their repairs and then put it back together, which was kind of a double failure because they would forget to put the valve back and not test their work. Because if you worked on the system, you clearly didn't test your work mm-hmm. if you put it back together and didn't turn the air on, right? Yeah. So kind of a double failure there. Yeah. But I think we have the majority of that straightened out now. So... And that's when the chain breaks, Dave. Yeah, yeah. You know, the chain, right. the chain just yeah. is shattered. Is, that's where is, we all have to put our heads together and put the chain back together, right? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that's not easy to do yeah. when the chain is broken. Yeah. So when yeah. you ask, what is the, what does the tire inflation system do, or what's what's it supposed to tell you, Dave? You got a low tire, right? Or you got and, a leak somewhere in the system. One ex- of the two things. Exactly. And right? and you know, our next question is here: How do you think we can simulate a leak without driving a nail in a tire? Well, we've made it really easy now. Every trailer has a what I call a Schrader valve. For those of you that aren't familiar with that term, you have one on every tire you own. And what, what I mean se- by that... Essentially, it's a T fitting, correct? Well, uh, the, Schrader, the Schrader valve is if you have a car or a motorcycle or a bicycle, it's the little valve you push in to let the air out. Like, mm-hmm. like you the can take your fingernail. The valve right, right. the Schrader inside valve. Inside your T. You but that Schrader that valve is located on the hub of your trailer. Mm. And I believe they've done them all on the driver's side, all mm-hmm. on the front axle, so on your lift axle. So where the hose... Shortest and closest. Shortest and closest, right? To the cab. Absolutely, yep. So when you walk back there and you're doing your walk around, you can actually, where the hose hooks up on the other side of the hose, we're calling it a T because a T actually is screwed into the hub. On one side, you have the hose. On the other side of the T, you just have a Schrader valve. So you can actually take your fingernail, a pen, a pencil, whatever. A rock, a stick. Yeah, and, and push that in. You have to let air out for, it seems like an eternity, but it's probably 10 seconds. But here's the hiccup to test that light. You have to have the truck running. You have to have the trailer br- brakes released. Don't release both truck and trailer because that's not safe. Just the trailer brakes released. And you have to have well over 90 pounds in that truck. I would love to say you need 100 pounds because the system only works when it has over 90 in the trailer, right? I don't know whether everyone knows this, but when you look at a gauge on your dash and it says you have 90 pounds of air, that doesn't necessarily mean that tank that's 50 feet behind you has 90 pounds because that air pressure you're looking at is the gauge on the truck. It has to take and push the air all the way from the truck to the trailer and get 90 pounds of air back there. So a lot to that. So anyway, to test that, truck needs to be running. Key on, obviously. Trailer brakes released. 
I'm going to say 100 pounds of air. That's the safest way to do it. You can't just release your trailer brakes and walk back there. They need to be released for, I don't know, a minute, maybe be, longer. Be done filling is what you're after. Exactly. Dave. Walk back there. You can push that Schrader valve in, and you need to let air out of that system. You're going to physically hear it leak out and let it run out for – it probably takes 30 seconds. It seems like a long time. Mm. But that pause we did for JR's father's uh, moment of silence, that was 30 seconds. We timed it. It was 30 seconds. Seemed like an eternity, didn't it? Yep. Yeah. So anyway, probably in 10 seconds or so, that light should come on. If it's not coming on, give it 30 seconds. You know, be sure you're letting air out of that system to test it. It still requires you to bump all the tires, still requires that you check all that. You know, Jim, we heard uh, that driver calling in this morning. Uh, it turned out Casey was trying to answer us on the radio, and we didn't hear him. But uh, it was – the guy had a self-inflation light on, right? Mm. And he wasn't sure what to do. Casey went over, investigated. Looks like we put two brand-new tires on the front axle last night. And when we put the hoses on, they just weren't completely tight. So we had some air leaking out of the system. So Casey had him run the truck for 10 minutes. It aired the system. Everything topped off. Tires were good. And he sent him on his way. So Casey took a minute and did a little coaching right then and there and got the guy good to go. And here we are, good to go. So yeah. I think, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if the latest trailers we got, but there was a series of trailers we got that Schrader valve was actually in line coming off the control box. Like just underneath the trailer, mm -hmm. so they weren't putting on the hub. I don't know if the last batch we got were like that as well. Boy, I'm sure I'll put my foot in my mouth, Jim. But I really thought the shop had every trailer switched oh. to the left front hub. Oh, maybe. And it, I'm sure. I'm sure. If I'm wrong, we'll we'll yeah, be told about it. Right? Hopefully, somebody I, tells yeah, us. Yeah, I'd right? love to be told that. Yeah, me you too. Looked. I me have. Too. I have a feeling if somebody's wrong here, it's going to be me. <laughs> 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 so maybe I saw a few like that, and then they moved them. But yeah, I thought. I thought it was kind of nifty that they weren't on the hub. Why didn't we move them down? To the hub? Yeah. Uh, so you could see them, explain it, uh, super easy to check. Got it. You know what I mean? It just the made it. in your face. A yeah, bit. it just made it a lot better okay. scenario. Much easier for the shop to test them, which, Understood. you know, the, the drivers should be testing them as well. Okay. I know if I'm, if I'm pulling 30 tons back there and, and I'm coming out of fair play, I'm probably going to check that every day. Right. I want to be sure that thing's working. And sure. I damn sure want to know I got a low tire. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Makes something sense. to be wrong about, Jim. Perfect thing to be wrong about because that's a good, that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and I guess the one thing is we haven't discussed where is that light? That would be on the left side of the trailer. On the front on of the fender. On the front, on the front Exactly. Of the fender, but, yeah. I mean, there could be some people here that have missed that. I know GR goes over it in orientation. We talk about it. He tries to show them if we have a truck here or, you know, Kendrick or Scooby, whoever's putting on that orientation class, the first day you start, we try and go over that stuff. But, yeah, if you guys see a white light that's either on or flashing, it doesn't matter. There is, it, that's just an indication. They does, all that means is you've got an air leak, and 99.9% .9 of the time it's going to be a tire leaking. You've, you know, picked something up, there's a bolt in it, whatever the case may be, you're losing air in that tire. That doesn't mean continue driving 10 more minutes. That means find a place to pull over safe and check place. those tires. Yeah. yeah, find a safe place to pull over, check those tires. Don't drive 50 more miles because you've got a problem because that's, that's going to roll right into the next thing we need to talk about. Just with it being a little warmer, we've lost two. We've had two blowouts this week already. Yeah, and, and can, you, can you set up the questionnaire, Dave, I, of what I, we I, ask, Dave? 
I mean, of, of what, what we I, asked or what the what, scenario is. Scenario or what I yeah. asked Mikey. Can you can you repeat the conversation and can we do it? Well, because we. I don't know if I was there for the full thing, so I don't know if I'm going because I, I have my version. I don't know if it's the same as yours, but coincidentally, do you know what kind of trailers? I I do. The blowouts I, were on. Yeah, because that's what I, that's what I asked. That's how yeah. the conversation. He said we had two this week. Yeah, and he goes and Mikey said on rock trailers. Yeah, and I'm like. Oh, let me guess. They weren't on the tractors. Yeah. And he goes, how'd you know? You know, joking with yeah. me. And I'm, I guess we're asking the audiences, how would I know that the blowouts were on our rock trailers? I don't even, let's not answer it, Dave. Let's see if we get any kind of feedback. Oh, that's a good idea. That is really a good idea. Right? So, yeah. so why, how would I know that the blowouts were on our rock trailers, listeners? You know, and you don't have to be from JFW. You know, you you don't even have to be a driver if you happen to be a. But but I tell you what, being from JFW gives you a a huge leg up. Oh, a huge leg up, a huge leg up. If you know anything about what we've talked about, yeah. And I guess you know maybe we'll give a little bit more information on it. Is what generally causes a blowout? What causes? And I think the statistic. God, it's a ridiculous statistic. I should look it up while we're talking. Yeah, because that's that's our thing. Is is, heat? Yes, causes blowouts, right? What causes heat in tires? Anybody? Anybody? Uh, well, I I know. <laughs> I, I do too. Yeah. Now, can we say that, what's different between no, rock trailer? No, no, no. Okay. No. It's <laughs> just a little hint. <laughs> That's not a hint. That's a dead giveaway. No. It, so it happens so, to be pressure. Air pressure is what causes heat. Okay? Yeah. Why there is, is why there is, that? is nothing else? Why is that? Why does why does the, why the, does the lack of air cause heat it's it's just simple math for every air dissipates the heat build up in the tire yeah i guess exactly the, and the, the way you just asked that dave i mean i know the lower pressure causes heat but there's also you can run a tire at 30 psi and it doesn't cause heat because it's for a pickup right you know, right but so so every tire has a rating right every tire i don't know whether everyone knows this but you have you know it's Load rating E or D or whatever the case may be, right? Our trucks have a load rating. That's it how a, it – and the the air pressure is – is the load rating dictates the air pressure. Does it – I'm sorry, Dave. I just have to ask and because I, I know you're going to go through there. Is it, does it have two ratings, though, or, or ratings or – it well, has two things on the tire, Dave. Every tire you, has a single or a dual position, right? right? Is that what you're getting at? Well, I'm getting at there's the air pressure uh-huh. and there's the load that the tire can carry Correct. at what – pressure at the maximum so you have to look at two things yeah i can't go up to a tire and go oh there's the load i can carry you know uh what twelve thousand pounds or whatever it might be on that tire why can i carry twelve thousand pounds on that tire dave because the load rating on it and how much air pressure exactly yeah so back to my question though what causes the heat right what what physically causes the heat so do you guys know, does anybody here, I mean, you know, you watch movies all the time about such and such being lost in the woods and they didn't have a flint and they had no way to start a fire. And, you know, you go back to, I don't know, it's the wrong term, but like medieval times. <laughs> back when we were cavemen or whatever, you rub two sticks together, right? You take something and you rub it together so long, it gets so hot, it starts on fire, right? Well, when you see a low tire on the road, What's what does it look like going down the road on a big truck? What is what are you looking for? What looks what, flat? Yeah, it looks bulge. There's <laughs> bulge. So, there's you. so much contact 
on the ground. It's not it's not rounded like a tire should be. And I know the top of the right. tire is flat. Right. Right. So what's in the sidewall of every tire? Steel cords. Right. What are those steel cords surrounded by? Rubber. Rubber. Yep. What is rubber made from? Oil. Petroleum. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Oil. Blah 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 blah. Right. What happens when oil gets so hot? Breaks down. Catches on fire Probably. too. Yeah. Right. We have actually ran tires so low, so long, we've caught them on fire. And wow. man, you said that's a fire. Right? And that's because that sidewall is flexing so tires much. Can freaking burn, can't they? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like it's a bulge. It's like a belly, right? When you look at one axle, all the tires are full of air. You look at the other axle, and there's a big bulge, and you're like, oh, I think I got a low tire. Don't drive that son of a gun anywhere. I mean, holy cow, that is it's a recipe for disaster. We, why do you think JFW has spent so much money on, on, on the trucks? We only can monitor the system, and we're super sick about it, but so many of the new trucks that are coming in don't have the TPMS system, the tire pressure monitoring system, because it wasn't available because of COVID and backlash and you know not this part available yeah, and not that and part available. Production and but employees and yeah. All of our tires on our trailers with super singles or single wheel or the wide base have that. Because we know how dangerous that is, right? Absolutely. So, man, when we talk about the post-trip and bumping your tires, and <laughs> we've seen this. And, and this isn't rocket science, right? Everything I just explained, I bet there's going to be some people that have never heard it. I am so thankful to be educating them. But this isn't rocket science. We're not going to the moon. This isn't NASA. These are just fundamental things. You know, you need to pay attention to it in your car. Sam just pointed out to me, we were just driving somewhere this weekend, and he's like, oh, that guy's right rear tire is almost flat. And it was. I didn't even see it, and he picked up on it. And we couldn't get next to the guy to, to notify him because it was in an older pickup, so I bet he doesn't have a pressure monitoring system. Mm. You know, my pickup's old enough. It doesn't have one. So. Yeah, is it 99 or 2000? I think that made into a law. Maybe it... Yeah, probably on passenger cars, on Jim. Passengers day, and then yeah. it became yeah. like a weight rating, right? And what yeah. I mean by that is like all cars had to have it. And then it was all cars and half-ton pickups. Yep. And then it was all cars and half-ton pickups and three-quarter-ton pickups. And then it was like everything needs to have it, right? Except semis. We're not required to have it. JFW does that as a tool to keep you safe. But why have we done that? To <laughs> save did, money. Why did the government to manage right? to alleviate? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. We're from JFW, and we're here to help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We yeah. just became the government. What causes most rollover crashes? Ah, low, low tires. tires. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Tire speed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, loss cornering yeah. and lot lo- yeah. the rubber. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But I tell you what, I bet I bet fifty percent of the people that go down the road today and they see a recap laying on the road. Most of those aren't even recaps. They are tires that were virgin tires that the tread got so hot yeah. that the tread peeled off of. And everybody's like, oh, that recap's bad. Oh, that recap's bad. Oh, there's another bad recap. And it just gave recaps a bad name. Yeah. Newsflash, we run 100% recaps. After, after that truck's new and we've burned off that set of virgin tires, we put caps on. Yeah. And we, and don't, we don't run the recaps on the super wide base tires. We, no, those are, those are virgin tires. Those are virgin tires, but because they're in a single wheel position, Dave, and we have a we have a program that that tire is worth more if we take it off and send it in. So mm-hmm. we we get X amount of money out of the casing. So yeah, I, I mean, gosh, all of these things are so fundamental. They're so they're just <laughs> they seem easy, right? 
I mean, shouldn't they be easy? But that's it. That's so that's like a couple chains hanging from our current chain, right? They're almost like finger chains. They're like a 10 link chain hanging from our chain, right? And that's a step you need to do. You need to monitor that low tire. You need to look for that low tire. You need to, you know, we talk about it all the time. Using all of your senses, your eyes and your ears and your nose, you know, there's more senses than that, but those three are critical to what we do, right? You know, it's a great idea. Every time you dump your load, you have to get out to sweep off your tailgate and make sure your latches are closed. Check your tires. You know, close your tailgate, Dave. Walk, walk your truck. You're yeah. out of the truck. Yeah. Check all of your tires. And what yeah. should you be looking for? Bul- bul- I mean, bulges, if anything, right. Dave. Or, when, or, when I'm loaded, yeah. I'm getting out of that truck, and I'm glancing at my tires as I'm walking back. And guess what? This load, I'm walking down the driver's side. The other load, I'm walking down the passenger side. Yep. I just want to check that during the day. You know, we talk about all the time, Go. you know, always going down the driver's side and coming back up. Well, you can never look at the passenger side loaded if that's the case. Yeah. You know, what is it? Six more seconds to, to get out of your cab and walk around the front of your truck, go down the passenger side and just look for those things and listen for those leaks. That was something else that we didn't talk about on the air inflation system. So many times in the morning, uh, we'll have someone call on the radio and go, I've got a leak, but I can't find it. But my light's on. And, you know, We've just ran into this in the past. A lot of people can't hear the difference between an air leak, meaning like you have a bolt in the tread or a nail in your tread, your tire tread, and air is physically leaking out and you have that sound, right? That could be a tire leaking. That could be an airbag leaking. That could be a valve leaking. That could be anything leaking. There's also a similar sound that sounds like an air leak when that air tank on that trailer is filling full of air. Anytime there's air going into that tank or air coming out of that tank, it's the sound of air moving in that tank. And I just don't know how to describe it. It's a very unique sound. It doesn't sound like an air leak, but you have an air leak if you're hearing air move through that system. Yeah, there you go, Dave. I'm not sure if that's an air leak or a whale, but you're really close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's a... a it's Very a, often you can hear the air moving through the valves on your dashboard too. Right, right, and, and it's a and, contained sound. Yeah, I mean, I, but I guess we know what that sound is because we know it's contained in the tank as it's mm-hmm. filling it, or contained in your air valves. Compared to a, you know, just taking a balloon and letting it leak in your hand—that's the sound of yeah, you know, a tire leaking yeah. or you got an air leak. You know, when the yeah. oh, air I guess is that rushing is the next that. thing on the leak on the it, list. It so. is. I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna suggest you swap the heat, which you did, Dave. Heat and tires, because yeah. it's back to the air air inflation. But it's the same thing for the air leaks. You know what? You're listening for an air leak on a tire, on a valve, on a airline, on your seat. I don't know on the on the uh, fan, you know, what, whatever, you know, through your whole truck. Well, your situational awareness tells you to look for some, here, listen for something out of the ordinary. I drive this truck every day. I've driven it every day for six months. I didn't hear that air leak yesterday, right? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we hope we don't get the, well, I've always had that air leak. You shouldn't have an air leak. Well, Dave, if you don't have any air leaks yesterday, you won't have any today. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that was true. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, you're you're back to your senses and you're back to your situational awareness and you're back to your 
you know, Bill Belichick, do your job. There's so many things that just apply here. It, it's hard not to just kind of drone on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I was thinking as you were talking to Dave again, you know, we're trying to reach people. We're trying to do this podcast, you know, trying to, you know, make people pay attention and stuff like that. And I know in my voice when we talked about the ABS, whether government or not, and your your voice and stuff like that, we have a passion for this. And maybe the passion is because it costs us money or it doesn't make our trucks look good or the trucks broke down or it affects the driver where, where they're unhappy and all that kind of stuff. But how do you create a passion to have situational awareness that leads to that or a passion to go, hey, I'm going to get in that truck, but I, I don't have any idea what ABS stands for or I don't have, I don't have a clue what that hose is going into my hub. I mean, but then to, to think about that hose going into my hub, from my background, I'm going, you're putting air in my axle? What the, what, what do you, air, air don't belong in an axle, right? What? Right? I mean, that's not, that doesn't mean, <laughs> you know, but that, but that's my mechanic and working background and everybody else is just going to show up and go, oh, there's some hose running in my axle. So I got to share this little tip and trick to everybody, too. Um, I was up in the mountains loading trash one time with a rock trailer years ago. And uh, I actually know it was a material trailer, but it was up in Central City. Anyway, they were loading me with a little rubber tire backhoe like ours. And he got into the hub with Mm -hmm. the front tire Mm -hmm. and he smashed the um like cracked the the glass there actually no i'm sorry he broke my hose off right and uh oil was coming out it was going all over the tire and everything i was able to shut my tire inflation system off and it stopped the oil leak and i was able to make it back into town so that that air is going to push oil out if you have a a leaky hub Uh, absolutely dave and that's do people know that? I mean, that is the reason, part of the reason for the shutoff on the valve, mm-hmm. you know, for your system. And it and it could be as simple as maybe we have to do something crazy and put a set of duels on your tire, mm-hmm. on your trailer, and we can't hook that system up. We're going to shut that off. Mm-hmm. It'll eliminate the light from working, but you happen to know that. Or maybe, you know, somebody steps on it. We were loading trucks. I remember. I've done that. (laughs) Yeah, stepped on it. Or I remember when we were loading a lot of the trucks with dirt with a a big excavator, we had a couple pieces of dirt roll down, and one of them smacked that, like you're saying, like the backhoe hit it and broke the hose off. Well, we're all aware of it, but how do we fix that? You just shut the system off, Mm -hmm. you know? And and I guess that's, that's that passion of how does this work? What does this mean to me how do i how do i keep going how do i get off the island how do i how do i help my favorite my fellow driver yeah out? i love you know? that saying you know because everybody knows what it's like to be or the story anyway of being stranded on a desert island right everybody's watched gilligan's island but anyway how do you get off the island how do you get off the you island? gotta think you know yeah you know figure things out yeah perfect your craft too you yeah know, yeah just get on youtube research something you know yeah that's situational awareness though jim that's educating yourself that's helping yourself out that's you know being ah (laughs) it's situational awareness i better do a shot (laughs) (laughs) 
But that's that that's that passion to know about that, Dave. That's that it is. that drive. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. you know, we joked about it already. It's putting yeah. that cart away at the shopping center. Yeah. I mean I mean we were all inquisitive enough, you know, I I, I I've got a friend that has us on the, the Tesla kick, right? So we're checking out all these Tesla semi things and I'm like, it's driving me crazy. I can't figure out their air compressor on an electric truck. What are they using for an air compressor? You know, and Mikey and I joked, it's like, oh, is it your grandpa's old air compressor from the garage? And they just have an electric motor that's, <laughs> that's you know, they have a big air tank Probably, and, a, Dave. and a pump up there, you know, and that, a that's how they're, motor. they're yeah, airing when, it, right? When you, you know? asked me that about that the other day, Dave, I, I know from the jeeping side of it, we were using tanks with compressed air in it. And, and uh, you know, from Mike, from Stingray, he told us, you know, how much quicker that is and how much better it is. And But I've been with a lot of Jeeps, Dave, that... They have just their electrical compressor right underneath their hoods, and and with evolution and stuff, there's some new ones that are double headed or double pumped, and man, they'll fill up. The guys plug in one, plug in all four tires, and air their tires back up yeah. on their Jeep in about 15 minutes from a little compressor under the hood. And right. when you told me that the other day, I'm like, well, there's just a little Jeep compressor compressor inside yeah. the the yeah. Tesla truck. Here, here's my point, though. Running is, all your stuff. I want to know. Right? I want to figure it out, right? That's, but, that's but why my, do you want to know? Because you have a passion about how that truck is working. Yeah, how does it function? And and what? It, and that and, goes with every piece of equipment, right? I see a different truck on the road. I want to know about it. I, and it, it not just a truck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and we have to... Gotta hope we could create that through this podcast, or somebody ask a, ask a question. A passion to want to know. Yeah, and because that's, that's the thing. If you don't care, you don't you don't want to know. Knowledge is power. You know. Yeah. yeah. So they don't take the time to learn. Why does that steak taste you know, so they, good? They say ah, that I in use school some too. Salt and pepper. You know, let's just say you don't like math. You're and so you just don't care to learn for math. So you don't pay attention and you don't learn. You fail, but you love. I don't know, history, let's say. So you're interested in it. So you read about it <clears throat> and participate in the class. So let's hope if you're a driver or a mechanic, you really want to know about trucks. Yeah, Dave, there, there's your passion. Because we've talked about that. You touched a little bit on the schooling thing of it that, you know, me and Dave's talked with all our kids in school and stuff. You know, if you do struggle with math, Man, that's just not good. They just concentrate on math, and you gotta you gotta get through this. And you I know you have better, to, right? Yeah, like, you, that's you, the theory in school. You gotta you gotta get better at yeah. it. You're not passing that. But what if you excelled at spelling? Okay, but we don't ever take what you're excelling at and concentrate on that. Oh my God, you're a great speller. Let's work with you some more and make you greater at what you're already good at. Right. We don't. Right. That's not how we're set yeah, up. They okay? want to spend more time on what you you're not good at and you hate. Right, Dave. Yeah. So you know, but you have to have the basic function of two plus two. Okay, we we have to have some kind of knowledge of it. But that's what you just said. We're hoping that if you're driving for us, driving a truck, you're working here at JFW with our culture, that you have a passion of wanting to be better every damn day. You'd think you have the skill to back up. You'd yes. You'd think you have the skill to wear your seatbelt. Yes. You'd think you have these fundamental skills 
because this is your career. Yes, right. And, it, you, the, the, and these are fundamental things. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'm not. I'm not. And yeah, I am talking about the truck. But if you have a passion to be better at your job that you're going to spend most of your life doing, hopefully that passion and that drive leads into your relation with your significant other, with your kids, with your parents, with whatever you're doing. That is our culture, period. Not just about the truck. And and how do we... Gosh, I hope this podcast works at some point. With so, I know you just said with with who uh, who was it, Jam? Andrick. Andrick, yeah, brand new guy. Hey, there's the light. Holy shit, it doesn't have a red arrow. I need to stop if it's not green, right? Yep. Yeah, just man makes me makes me excited inside. Yep. You know, I hate dealing with the the truck hitting the scale last week. I'd I'd love to teach anybody anything about a truck. Right. Or let's go learn together. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like it. Good stuff. Yeah. Double dumping. <laughs> double dumping. Looks like we're moving on to the next one. Double, double dumping. What does double dumping mean? Double dumping is when... I like double dipping? It, it, it sounds like something that should be on a menu. Like it should be a dumpling. It's a the double, double dump, dump burger. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you got a little problem in the bathroom <laughs> and you got it's <laughs> so big and you got a double dump. I'll take two of those double dumpers. <laughs> does that mean four dumps? <laughs> oh, dad joke in the middle of the podcast. Boom. So in this case, double dumping means dumping in front of a pile that's already in front of a bin. So the bin's full, there's a pile in front of the bin, and now you put another pile in front of that. Sometimes I, I got to jump in there, Jim. I just got to jump in there. Cause jump I, in. I, I'm the visual guy, right? Jump in. What kind of, I don't know if I can set this up. We kind of usually have two types of bins that we dump in, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Single you, bins you, and double bins. What does that mean? Or feeder bins and stockpile bins. But still, they're always a certain right? width, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, Feeder you, bins are generally single, and stockpile bins are generally But they may not double. be, Dave. You, 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 you did it. Two bins. Yeah. No matter what yeah. style they are, feeder or, or stock. Yeah, you go over to plant two. It's a single, a double, a single, and a single, and a single. Yeah, they're all truck. They're all, they all feed the plant, though. All yeah. those yeah. bins feed yeah. the plant. Well, unless it's a stockpile, obviously, yeah. The oh, one, I see what you're saying. Well, you feed saying. out yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a stockpile you're still pulling yeah. out of and feeding the plant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, so if you cruise up to a double bin, well, I just dump in the middle and go. Great. That's, sar- <laughs> that's sarcasm. How does that feel when you pull up, Jim, when you see that? And then you can't dump. Yeah, I mean, that sucks, right? But <laughs> that sucks. The you plant. Suck, you suck. You suck. You're, you're cool. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not good for the, for the load operator. He's the one that actually doesn't like that just because it's harder to push those piles up, you know. Especially when there's a stockpile that you could dump in, you know. So the other the other day we got a picture from Plant Two. There was a load of sand in front of a load of sand that was in front of the bin, and it's just a pain in the butt. And that's kind of standard procedure over there is not to double dump. Same thing over at Plant Eleven. You know, you're only you could go too wide, but you don't want to go too deep. Otherwise, you go in the stockpile. Mm-hmm. If that paints a picture well, for you. Let me. Just point this out too. Yes, that is a big piece of equipment. It can push a mountain, but it's more about time. I think that loader mm-hmm. has to feed the plant. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. They are running around. We've all seen them. They are hauling butt half the time, right? And they can't spend an hour 
pushing up all these piles because yeah. they've got a whole ton of other stuff yeah, to do. Yeah, if those two piles were side by side, no big as deal. a loader operator, it's no big deal. You, right. you can damn near push right in the center and push one up, push the other one up, clean up the center, and you're darn near done in, in three pushes. Or you push one up and you can leave one because your next truck can dump. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, it's just not efficient to, to have it like that. And I, at the end of the day, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And then there's a, the, the way that the customer wants it is the right way. There was, yeah. That's the part I want to harp on yeah. because it does, it does, me being the next driver, it does, I'm not cool, right? right. And, and the guy that dumped in front of me is not cool either, Jim. But that's what I wanted to really harp on on this situation. And, and why do you say that? That you you're the next driver to dump, but you're not cool because I can't dump. Oh, because, because I have a dumped, single load, so I can't up. be cool. Yeah, and you I eliminated me from being cool, Dave. I still don't think we clarified <laughs> I though, you guys. But, we, I but, dumped on the right side. But what, but where I was going was is what I think's the worst. Of, uh, and I know we joked about the cool thing, and we joked about the efficiency, but we didn't bring quality to our customer there you go. and you got fedex laying people off Quality you have service. driver shortages you have high interest rates you got milk that costs i don't know how much a gallon you can't buy chicken and yep. we show up and dump some shitty ass load in the middle of a bin and we look like trash how do you feel about that jim what you're not cool. That's how I feel about it. You did not bring quality to the person that ultimately pays your paycheck. Absolutely. Yeah, and we, we posted a picture up on Paycom, and when you look at the picture, not only was it a double dump, it wasn't straight. It was yeah. coming over in the Across bin in front of it. Yeah. That driver was in a rush and wanted to get in on the ground and get out of there. As as a rush or something else, Jim? He didn't care? Yeah. 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 I mean, you, sorry, did you he, start to hey, say that maybe? I, I can do it quickly looks, and efficiently and right? dump it correctly. You know, that guy probably didn't sweep his tailgate off. No he was, way. He didn't yeah. want to be there when the loader got, like, the whole thing just sucked. And we're not we're not calling you out to make fun of you mm. or, or embarrass you or say you're not cool. We're calling you out you because teach. you didn't you didn't bring quality to our customer. We well, actually want to call that pizza delivery right right i mean if if your driveway is in the front of your house and you park your car on your driveway and you order a pizza to have it delivered and they call you and go hey your pizza's there and you're like I, nobody came to my door oh yeah it's out on the hood of your car in the driveway yeah and there's what? one piece that's out of the box <laughs> on the ground they didn't right. service you very well did they you yeah. got your pizza but they darn sure didn't service you very well so i mean really we just want to call you up to do it the right way the jfw way in a way that makes a customer happy yep yeah because we can't put the cart back none of us can afford not all we have is a service you're a service orientated driver mm -hmm. and if you're not providing a service you're not selling some new invention and going to make a million bucks right you're, you're selling yourself yeah, we, we stand out because we do things the right way. Absolutely. At the end of the day, if we just do it the way that was supposed to, we stand out. That's why we're able to get contracts. That's why people call us for work. It's because we do things the right way. And the only way we can communicate that is through this podcast, right? We have to talk about it. Yep. Otherwise, it's 100 separate conversations, yep. and that's not possible, right? I mean, yep. somebody would miss something. So we've talked about this before, but... Check with other people. Be sure they're listening to this podcast. That Mandatory to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. It'd make you better if you do. Yeah. Right? Uh, 
you, there's no way you'll be worse if you don't listen to this. Got nothing yeah. to lose. Yeah. Nothing to lose, Jim. Yeah. Right. I had that written at plant two. We've we've been called on it. Mm-hmm. Also down at the new Brandon Hall for Burnco on Titan Road, mm-hmm. they have to wait outside because there's not room in there to dump because it's a tight area and we we can't dump too wide in there. And we just got notified the same thing down at Castle Rock Ready Mixed. So we we have to be sure we can't dump double wide. You know what I mean? We can't block that bin. We can't have 10 trucks in there at the same time. So, because our, that's the, is that the next one down, you guys? Multiple trucks when at plant two? I don't have that. I don't have that either. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that, so that actually came from one of our drivers. He, uh, he was over at plant two and yeah, it was a little well, crazy. It's not the next still, one down, but. The double dumping, the JFW way, that's why we're different. You know, that's an issue at plant two. Also an issue at Titan, which all that went out on Paycom, all the notifications. And we just sent it out on notifications there at Castle Rock Ready Mix, which is the old Metro Mix that we've hauled for, you know, 15 years or, Jesus, I actually want to say it's almost 20 years now. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we got to get back to the JFW way. We have to do it right. We have to serve that customer. We have to be better. I just, those were the three things I had written in there, Jam. So, sorry, you can move on now. Sweet. Last week, we asked for volunteers to have the trucks turned down to 60 miles an hour to uh, do a little bit of a test and see what kind of fuel mileage we could get. 60 mile an hour is supposed to be the magic number where your fuel mileage just really increases. So, guess how many volunteers we got? 19. One. Good guess, Brother Dave. <laughs> 19 people have hit me up or oh, hit 19? you guys up ah. and asked if they could have their trucks turned down. Some of them were pure for safety reasons. Like, hey, I can't control myself. I'm going to go as fast as the truck lets me go. I want to incre- increase my safety score. Will you turn my truck down? So I think those guys are good volunteers for that because yeah. they're runners. But, yeah, so 19 people volunteered. What we're going to do, not all the people were good volunteers, and not because you're not good drivers, but because of the job that you do. You know, if you're a bulker and you're sitting for most of the day or you're a rock tub, again, you're not really getting out on a big road very much. We need we need trucks that run. So we're going to pick 10 people out of that bunch, and then once we pick those 10 people, we're going to invite you guys and girls into a meeting so we could decide what's fair for you to have your trucks turned down compensation wise so there's a lot to be learned and discovered and a lot that's untold so far that we just don't know so we got to figure it all out yeah but thank you for volunteering i mean absolutely you know because obviously they're listening to the podcast how wonderful is that yeah right yeah they wanted to know when we're going to turn them down like we're so far away from actually (laughs) and there is there is one things move slow here at jfw sometimes (laughs) well there is one other problem that you know I, I can't brag enough about Mikey in the shop. He brought us another situation with messing with the computers on the trucks, Jim. Uh-huh. Oh, it's going to have effects on something else. He doesn't. Jim. He doesn't know. Yeah. And we can't. He can't risk it, and we can't risk it. The driver can't risk it. And it's not that we're not going to do it. Let's yeah. try one. 
Exactly. Y- yeah, we'll, Jim. We'll do one. Yeah. Not, we won't do 10 in one night, that's for sure. <laughs> Guaranteed. It'll be one and go, okay, does the urge to move work? Okay. Does, does the PTO, PTO engage? Does, you know, yeah. yeah, all of those things that good old pack car. Yeah, because we've had it happen. We, we have. We did, uh, right? updated the transmission software and the PTO wouldn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the reason we need Mike in the chain. And when, yep. we, when we talk about, you know, Joanne or the Wash Bay or whatever, every mm-hmm. link. Every bit is crucial, isn't yeah. it, Jim? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. We are we are connected. When they say people are connected, oh my God, are we connected? Yeah, right for sure. One heartbeat, one heartbeat for sure. Yeah, yeah. hundred fifty brains, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess you know. And then Jim and I are out of town three days next week for work mm-hmm. uh, down in Texas. So, yeah, I mean, it'll probably be the week after would be the soonest mm, we yeah. could maybe sit down because we want to sit down and be sure everybody's on the same page on that. Right. Yeah, and there, there's a. I mean, what discussion of pay? We're assuming you might lose a load, and I, I, I'm, I'm. That's for discussion some with the, of the group. Rooms, yeah, but, but not we, all of them. We don't know that. That's exactly right. it, yeah. Dave. Right? Is there any compensation? Does it so, even? What's cool is we've had a couple people just run at sixty. They're like, "Hey, just so you know, I ran at sixty miles an hour all day today just to try it out, and, and I want to sign up." And one of the drivers, I was like, oh, how was it? And, and this was actually Gilly. He's like, man, it was great. He's like, because you're not, you're not starting and stopping. All the traffic is like cutting you off and then already out of the way. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not getting up. They're to a passing point. you at 15 miles an right. hour sometimes, right? right. So they're, yeah. they're so, jumping in front of you, but they're already moving 15 miles an hour. Yeah. Faster. So it was like definitely more Cadillac and just, you know, cool on your stool, just cruising, not hitting the brakes. You know what I mean? So. I'm telling you what it's going to do for the safety. Yeah. Not only the fuel mileage, but the safety is and, just And it might be huge. too short a period. I'd love to see the tire wear, brake wear. Yeah. I and mean, just so everybody knows we're not turning all the trucks down. Like I don't want this to turn into the rumor. Oh, did you hear? Oh, where, I thought we know, were leaving 10 of I, them and turning them down. I don't like that term because you we're not turning them down. They're going to have all the horsepower that they always had. <laughs> there you They're go, just super. Spe- yeah. be speed limited. Okay. Call what you want. The truck's only going to do sixty, but we're not we're not doing that to all the trucks. So don't start the rumor of oh, did you hear on the podcast to turning all the trucks down? Yeah, yeah. Or we say slowing 60, all the trucks up. We're yeah, not, however you want to. We're not taking sixty percent of your power, huh? Super right. Deep, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, Jim, it's just your just your R. I was going to say RPMs. We're going from five hundred and ten <laughs> horsepower to three hundreds. We're going to start running the new three hundreds. <laughs> The 360s. That, we run 300 horses. We'll be able to pull Floyd Hill at 10 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, the shoulder. Good rumor, though, Jim. Yeah. Uh, all rumors are good rumors. <laughs> uh, XBE, that's been the software program, the dispatching program we've been using for Brandon. And uh, we've started testing that this week. Linda's already broke it, I believe. She's so good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, broke broke it in a good way, yeah. Jim. Because all of that stuff that you know, we just got to figure it out. Yeah, so, so technology. I mean, we we've been asked to back off a little bit just because they weren't prepared for our team to really like hit this thing out of the park. Yeah, so. they they weren't prepared for five hundred loads a day. Right. Yeah, because we we they ask and we we yeah. let's okay. do it. What do you yeah. need? Yeah, let's, let's do it. We're going to JFW. You yeah, ready? Let's do it. <laughs> What do, what do you need? We'll, we'll take care of it. We want to be the easy button and service our customer. Yep. No doubt. 
So last week, we, we don't like to, well, we don't get joy out of terminating people. Uh, last week, we did have to let somebody go. Uh, they had an accident where they hit the scale up at Firestone. Okay, It was so bad, we talked about just letting the driver go, but we don't like doing that, so we decided, hey, you know what? Let's give this driver a chance. Let's bring him in and talk to him and just kind of see where he's at. The meeting didn't really go very well. He ended up getting terminated just because of you know cultural differences, I guess you would say. And when I say cultural, I don't mean where you're from. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> There's a rumor. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Can you be assimilated into our culture of the JFW way? I don't know if anybody wants to elaborate on what? that a little that, bit. That assimilated, <laughs> that, I like that word, Jam. And I, I, I mean, it's been years and years, but I used to watch Star Trek. Yeah, there's and that, the Borg. What, yeah, they, the Borg, exactly, <laughs> right? They, they would take a human and assimilate them. We need to. That needs to be the JFW thing. Yeah, because <laughs> you need to. We you need, need to, to be part of that everyone truck. to you, the JFW way, yeah. right? Put them if you into that machine that. and erase their memory. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah you, uh, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. You said something there, Jam. On we don't like to to fire people, and we and we bring them in, and and I, I guess I wanted to just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I don't think that's a good. Do- we hate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's we hate zero, it. That's there not, is zero joy in that. Yeah, that's not what we do. Right. And then we give everybody. I don't think, unless it's just blatant and there's a big yeah. pass behind it, we don't just fire somebody. I I tell my wife this all the time because when she hears about the stuff that goes on here. She's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, how come you didn't fire him? <laughs> yeah, well, it's really hard to get fired from JFW. Yes, yes, yes but but why, Jim? Because we care, and we believe in giving people second chances. We understand nobody's perfect, and we, we think, you know, okay, you made a mistake. Well, let's let's learn from the mistake and not do that again and teach other people about the mistake. But just letting you go, that doesn't help. Right. That doesn't, doesn't really help. help. anybody. Yeah, because do you think that guy's going to hit the scale again? Maybe, maybe not. But attitude has a lot to do with it. When we, you know, there, has anybody else hit the scale here at JFW and kept their job? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but we called them I would them almost in. tell you virtually everyone. Yeah. I mean, I can remember, well, we won't drop names, but Jimmy V was training a guy. He hit the scale during training. Pretty similar to this one. It was almost probably the same rate of speed, probably similar damage, although this is the worst one I've seen. And uh, we brought that driver in, and we talked to him, and he was humble, and he was apologetic, and you know he, he wanted another chance, and he fought for his job, and he said the right things, you know, and this other guy didn't do that. It was more of, you know, and I guess the problem really was allegedly, right, and I say allegedly because there's always two sides of the story. There's been a few few instances where he was having trouble getting along with either other JFW drivers or a load operator at a plant. Earlier in the week or the week before, one of the drivers spotted this driver speeding through the yard, approached him and told him, hey, you need to slow down in the yard. And allegedly, he told the, our driver, you're, you're being nosy. Well... That's our business. I mean, that driver cares about JFW. Because we're a chain. Because we're a chain. We're interconnected, 
right? He's assimilated into our culture. He <laughs> ad- or he adopted our culture where the he's Lord. like, hey, that's not the way we do it here. Yeah. And there's he, reasons for he's that. He's ap- actually helping to create the culture. Yes. Yeah. So when you go out, when, when you tell a driver to mind his business or you're being nosy, and then you go run into a scale, that just proves why that driver was being nosy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Do you know why the one driver told the other driver to, to slow down? He cares. He watched him not put the cart away. Right. He's just asking him to put the cart away. <laughs> you know, I was stopped at the, the bank police? the other day, yeah. and an old lady asked me to help her um, check her balance. So I pushed her over. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what the, where did that even come from? Good morning, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> so just so a rumor doesn't get started, Super Dave didn't really push an old lady over at the bank. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's, Way to break the ice. That's here. high road hauling Dave. <laughs> oh, man. That's a kill. Man. That is a kill. Yeah, that, that, that whole, I mean, we, we talked about putting that in here, Jim, about talking about that driver and, and about the, you know, why do you get fired here? Or how do you get fired here? What what happens? And, and we're just telling you guys, trying to be open, that right. so much of the stuff is what your culture is matching with our culture. Sure. And then, yeah. and then how, you, how you end up doing things. Do you... Everybody screws up. Yeah. You know, there was so much damage. I mean, just to be clear on this, we didn't wait for accident committee to get together on Friday. We brought him in on Wednesday or Thursday, I think it was. It was like the next day or the day after. Yeah. And and it was only because there was so much damage. But in the video, when you look at the video and, and, you know, here's again where we get frustrated when we ask to do your job. We're supposed to pull up to the scale and do what? Stop. Stop. Exactly. We didn't do that. We're supposed to come up to the scale in manual in first gear. Were we? No. Nope. How fast were we going? When I watched the video, I saw 12 miles an hour is how we were coming onto the scale. So we approached the 12, and you know there's a little bit of delay. Right. He was four miles an hour when there was contact made. Gotcha. At four miles an hour, I know that doesn't sound fast, so it went from 12 to 9. He was probably 9 when he got on the scale. Yeah. And then four miles an hour when he hit the scale if you're doing four miles an hour when you are hitting something, at, that's very fast. At yeah. eighty thousand pounds, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no minimizing the damage. It's, you know, if your windows were down and you were idling onto the scale, yeah. Well, and he, then he you, was also you, doing something else. That he, he was on, he was doing. on the CB yeah. announcing yeah. his yeah. load, right? Yeah, and the, and and the we're not trained that way. We uh, do not train that way. We talk about it and talk about it, right? I mean. The, you pointed out, Jam, and I loved that part. You stood up because there's the big screen there in the training center, and you're like, what is this? And the guy's like, that's a stop sign. And you're like, did you stop? No. <laughs> right? But, but the guy yeah. was upset about it. That's yeah. the reason he Well, he sat there during the whole meeting, you guys. He literally walked in and folded his arms. He crossed his arms and sat there, and you know that's the – that's the fu position. Like I'm not listening to you. I don't care what you have to say. My mind's made up. Yeah, it's it's a guarded position. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, there is no openness. Clo- closed. I, yeah. I failed. You know anything? And you know we weren't. We don't. We don't need to hear. I failed. Right. right? We're not after that. We're just like, I I can't believe what happened. You know I'm I'm I did this wrong. I did that wrong. I won't let that happen again. You know I learned from that. Yeah. Whatever the case may be. Right. And it is always nice to own it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I totally screwed up. Whatever yeah. the case may be, right? But But like all, all of you guys are saying too, though, from a stop, 
with your windows down at a certain speed, Jim, he might have just cracked a lug nut right. and hurt it yeah. yep. and stopped. Right. Yeah. And go, oh, shit. And got out and looked or like, oh, that was my lug nut and backed right. up. Lug nuts are nothing. Yeah. yeah. You get those free I, in a wash bay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to bash it, but that's just situational awareness. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And you, you know not to be distracted on the, ra- on the phone, or I'm sorry, on the phone or the CB or the company radio when you're right. pulling on that scale. You have one job to do, and that's to get on the scale safely. Yeah. But back to that situational Period. awareness, you have to have a passion to want to be that, Dave, to do that, to yeah. be better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's still something driving the situational awareness. Why do you want to have that? Want so you be better, right? So you don't crash a truck. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't matter yeah. to you. Yeah. I mean, we had to put a driver in that truck the next day, and I mean the 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 whole box was so smashed on the passenger side of the truck. I mean, we lost the lug nut covers, the rear side of the front fender. The whole complete battery box. I mean, it was annihilated, and everybody was like, "Oh, good, we didn't hurt the fuel tank." No, it put it can't. It swung clear back and then dented the fuel tank, so yeah. we have to have the fuel tank repaired. But the driver that had to drive it the next day, and it, it could still be like that because this just happened last week. We're waiting right. on some parts, I think. But yeah. the driver came in and he's like, "Hey, did you know there's no step on the passenger side <laughs> of the truck?" Like, yeah, I hope you don't have to get in. We're sorry. At least By he didn't way. come in and go. It was always like that. Right. <laughs> it's like that when I got it. Because <laughs> it was like that. It was, it. yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's not today, though, right. you know? No yeah, doubt. just such a bummer, you know, that and we, we talk about that. How did how did we hire that guy? You know what I mean? And this the, Dave does such I an amazing... <laughs> yeah, Dave not, does not su- a reflection, though, Dave. Yeah, but I mean, he does such an amazing job. But, you know, we've learned over the years when when sometimes when you show up for an interview... If, if this is the type of person you are, we meet the best representative of you. Right. We're not truly meeting you. Because I guarantee you, this guy, the way he was in that meeting, that is not who we met at the, at the culture interview. Yeah, honestly. We met a completely like, different person. I've had some you know, private conversations with the guy. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Like, I, I like him. Yeah. You know? So I could see him doing well in the interview. Okay. You know? <laughs> he did. I wrote good things about um, the culture part. He drove well, you know. Yeah. Um, the way he pulled <laughs> maybe, on that. Maybe we should have a scale on the test drive. <laughs> the way he pulled on the scale was not a result of his driving skills. Is it was a result of him dropping the ball, yep. being on, going too fast, not stopping, being on the CB. Not- what is that? Yeah, I was. Situational I was, awareness. I was going to say it though, Dave, and and I was going to I was going to say situational awareness because when you say there's a dented fuel tank, and and maybe we will, maybe we won't, but there is a dent in it. But clear out into the future, and we've talked about this in the other podcast, is if we don't fix that tank, and we sell it that way, or we trade it in, what kind of value are we giving to the second customer? the second owner of the truck. How much situational awareness do you have for the future? Right. I mean, it's more or less, if we don't fix it now, we have to fix it then. I mean, part of our trade-in criteria is we can't have dents in fuel tanks. We And it used to not be that way, yeah. Dave, is what yeah. I'm saying. So yeah. now you just gave them an out, though. Yeah. You know, because now you're telling them, oh, oh, we'll fix it. Right. Well, <laughs> it costs money. It does. Very expensive. And we don't just have spare fuel tanks laying around. There is no fuel. You right? can't I mean, fix the dent. They will have to cut that off and put a whole new end used, on it. They right? used to do and, that, Dave, and, and I don't have think it we painted. 
Yeah, I don't think we can find a welder to do that. Have, have, have next door been back to weld them, Dave? I mean, I don't know if they're welding them or actually Chris is in the shop. Jim. Okay. All right. Because so, then there was a I, problem about finding ins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have to get with Mike. I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't know yeah. either, Dave, because yeah. we've, we've had problems in each. First, it was a welder. Then it was yeah. the ins. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, at one point, it was cheaper just to buy a fuel tank. Let's just sand her down, put some Bondo in there. <laughs> Oh, man. I always like a little bonder on my car. (laughs) Makes it run faster. That's right. (laughs) So uh, are we good on that? Sure. I think we've beat it up pretty good. Cool. So anybody that's running Plant 12, running the back way, um, over there on 136 in Sable, there is a woman that owns a house there that gets pretty upset when we block her driveway. Uh, it's a pretty big issue. I remember her calling last year. The winter time, we didn't really get phone calls because it was pretty slow. But we are back to being on fire, and the phone calls are starting. She's called three times in the last couple weeks. Uh, She's got a hat trick, huh? That's only Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, the last thing she told me the other day is, we're going to war, darling. So, <laughs> you know, take that for what it's worth. But there is a sign that says do not block driveway. So what her concern is, is we are going northbound. We stop at the light. We block her driveway. She's coming southbound wanting to make a left into her driveway, and she can't. So that blocks up traffic, anybody who's going southbound. She also feels it's pretty dangerous for her to be stopping there, which I believe there's some truth to that. Are we doing something illegal? We don't believe so. There is a stop line for the light that shows where we're supposed to stop. Are we the only company that stops and blocks the driveway? Doubt that. What about the four-wheelers? If they're three deep, they're blocking the driveway. So I guarantee you our guys and gals are more educated about this than any four-wheeler. Right. Right? Exactly. So we're just asking if you are doing that run and you're going northbound on Sable and you're getting up to 136, try to stop before that driveway, please. Yeah, yeah, Jim. You, yeah. And, and there is a big yellow sign there. Yep. It is. Uh, it's plain, uh, to, plain to see. It's not blocked by trees or anything. Yeah, you can I mean, see it is. It is a bright yellow caution sign. Right. Do not block driveway. Now, right? does that sign carry the force of law? I don't, I don't think it does. But let's be courteous. Let's do it the JFW way and make that lady happy. Yeah, because without that sign there, when you look at the picture, if you pull up to the crosswalk or the the white line for the light, right, you block her driveway. Right. I mean, it's set up. To block her driveway. Right. <laughs> that's how they yeah. that's yeah. how they set it up. But they've set the line back so that you could make a left going on, south off of 136, right, right. On, on to Sable. Well, you, you would be coming south on Sable making a left on 136 to go, to yeah, go east. I meant the line set back. So, yes, so you didn't block the track. Yeah. yeah, set back on, the, on that. But, yep. yeah, it doesn't – I guess what, you know – I know when Jam told us about this, the lady was not very nice. He he had to ask her several times to be professional. You know, she's threatened us. When somebody goes to me and goes, we're going to go to war, darling. You know, <laughs> war is war. Right. You know, yeah. Well, we're not here to battle her. Right. We're not here to go to war. We're not. We're just here to haul, provide service for our customers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what's the JFW way? What have we been talking to for about for over an hour? Let's bring some value to this lady's complaint. Yeah, so here's here's where we need to educate everyone on an internal customer and an external customer. Yep. Our internal customers are the name on the ticket that you're delivering for. 
When you're hauling to a plant for Brandon, you're working for Brandon. That's our internal customer. When you're in that truck and that homeowner needs to get in their driveway, that's an external customer for us, right? That you, you, you need to please that customer. That's just our job. That's what we do. That's how we handle things. Now, I do want to mention to anyone, please, if you pull up there and they're trying to get in their driveway, do not back up. Yeah. No well, matter what you do, do not ever back up at an intersection. I, and I, I can't make that clear enough. Do not ever back up. If you're if you're on the road somewhere at an intersect, doesn't matter. Don't back up on the road. Don't do it. It's it's a recipe for disaster. You will have an accident. Yeah, and we were, <clears throat> Dave. You said you were talking to Oswaldo, and you know he recently came into dispatch, been driving for us for you know several years, just like Randy and and stuff. Is he even said if you leave the driveway open, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah, if there's no cars the in front of you. No no cars in yeah. front of you from the light. Yeah. And we, we get that. We understand that. That that's probably not quite the right way. Yeah. But in this situation, that's what we have to do. But you're also rem- representing when Dave said we're not we're we're not the only trucking company, but we are res- representing every other trucker yes. out there. Yes. And if we don't do this and we take the wind out of our sail, you know. The, the, We're the, we just became the best company on the road. She can call the other companies and be like, why don't you do like JFW and leave that exa- spot open? Exactly. They and can we just it. set the example. Yes. Let's be the example in the right way, not the wrong way. You know, and one of the things people don't think about here, so I printed a picture for all of us to have as we're sitting here discussing it. So I have the driveway. I have the, the white line that you're supposed to pull up and stop at the signal, the intersection. I mean, I have everything, the sign. I mean, everything right here, this picture, it's worth a thousand words. What what can happen in the afternoon when it's really busy through this intersection, say we're in a big truck and this photo that we have here happens to have a Jeep sitting at the at the white line. It's, it's on the wrong side of the white line, <laughs> but it's at it. So if we pulled up there and there are two cars in front of us, we pull up and stop and we're blocking this person's driveway, right? The car that's in the lead in front of us wants to make a left at that intersection, but the homeowner drives through the intersection and wants to make a left where we're sitting blocking into her driveway. And now all of a sudden, all the cars that are behind her block that intersection. We're, we're at a, a standstill. She can't make the left and go into her driveway the car in front of us can't make a left because all those cars blocked the intersection because they didn't know she was going to turn there. And and no one can move. We're at a stalemate. Nothing can happen. So either she's got to go past her her driveway and go around the block and come back in, or let's just be better and try and leave that driveway open. That's That's all there is to it. Let's try and leave that driveway open. If you're the first truck there and there's no cars in front of you, Stop a little bit further back. That light will change. Just try and leave that driveway open. And does it, you know, the opposite of that is, does it matter? Does, does, the, does it really matter? It does to us. It does to our culture. It might not to somebody else, but it does to us. Yep, I agree. So one of our drivers shot me a note. He was uh, pulling into plant two and just said plants and pits in general. He said there's a lot of CB chatter. When there are trucks lined up to get on a scale, we need to be professional and allow them to communicate with the scale house. In addition to at the plants, when drivers are trying to communicate with the loader, if 
for dump locations, we can't be carrying on, our, <clears throat> carrying on a conversation with other drivers. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to be able to talk on the CB and have some fun. He made another note that said, keep the chowder for the road. You know, if we're up at Fry and we're trying to get loaded, it's already hard enough to understand. You know, don't have a personal conversation on, on the CB while people are trying to load up there. He also mentioned at Plant 2, when it's loaded up at the end of the day with multiple trucks, if you could just dump and get out of the way, think about the next driver and give them a courtesy to get in and dump. So basically, he was going in to dump. One guy was finished, and he got out of his truck, actually, and went over to another truck and had a conversation with them while there's eight trucks backed up waiting to dump. So just be a little more courteous there. And then one other thing, another driver wrote, hey, man, you might mention on the podcast this week that drivers pulling out of Union only turn right. Do not turn left because it says no trucks beyond this point. And I've noticed a couple trucks turning left coming out of Union. I feel like we just brought that up recently, but, yep, right hand only coming out of Union. you got to go back up to Santa Fe. You could get a big ticket for that. We, I'm pretty sure we've gotten tickets, Jim. Yes. I'm pretty sure you're right conversation we had because sure we were like like why did you go that way it's a big sign and then we yeah. ended up with tickets yeah yep um and what why why again would you do that i'm not sure because traffic know. backs up on uh union off to get on yeah. santa fe but mm-hmm. again that's not i don't know Sometimes it really bugs me, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, inside, you know what I mean? Not, not, not from an owner. It's just like, wow, what, what, are, what are we thinking here? They might some? not have known, and then they made the turn and saw the sign afterwards. I mean, it's not something that we go over in training, I don't think, Sure. as far as that's not a truck route, but maybe so. I could be wrong, Dave. I think you can see the sign when you turn in the plant. I, I, I would, yeah, I would have to look. The sign is right there. Yeah, I, I would know. have to look, you guys. So I, I say that with a, some skepticism. But something I did, I, I will go back because I was just sitting here studying this picture because we just talked about it. Back to the woman on 136th and Sable. I'm like, wait a minute. That's a double yellow line. You can't turn across a double yellow line. Yeah, she's, I'm, like, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I, I just searched it. And it's funny. When I first glanced, all the things that it brought up, it, it's highlighted right here. Double yellow lines must be treated as a raised medium, and therefore it is illegal to drive <laughs> through or make any turns through the double yellow. And I'm, I'm sitting here looking that up as you guys are talking about this other stuff, and I'm like, silently it was a win. I'm like, oh, uh, next time that woman caught, we're just going to let her. And then you read a little further, and then it says, crossing a double yellow line is allowed for a left turn into or out of an alley into or out of a private driveway, public street. But I'm glad you brought that up because Steve Barnes just got a ticket, right? He's trying to fight it. So he was coming down, what is that, Holly, where the 7-Eleven's at, or Monaco? Monaco. He was coming south, making a left into the 7-Eleven. It's a double yellow line there. You're allowed to make that left into a driveway unless you're impeding traffic. Oh, so if if there's traffic behind you and he's you stopping them, yep. you can't. Yep, he was actually ticketed for that. Uh, so, so the, so the exact scenario that I just gave, if there's cars behind her and we're at a stalemate, she's turn. illegal. Yep, she's got to keep going. Interesting. Yep. 
interesting. That is interesting. I'm sure she'll call again. Huh. <laughs> Maybe you can say and again. Let's have a conversation and again. Yeah. There's a few things that we've learned. Yeah. We're, we're still trying not to block your driveway. However, yeah. here's a couple things that we should talk We're gaining about. some situational awareness. Yeah. We're gaining knowledge. You yeah. brought a lot of... Could you continue to call the state about your double yellow line? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I could so. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure... I, I know she's in Brighton. I know that's Brighton, but I wonder if that would be Adams County or Brighton that's that's looking at that. That's. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I don't think Sable's a, a highway... Got a number. You know, Actually, yeah. it is. When I just looked at the map, it's two. It's Highway 2. Okay, so it's a state. Yeah, so I wonder uh, if that is a state. Yeah, that's the reason I was... Yeah, when I just pulled it up on Google Maps, I was like, oh, that that's Highway 2. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even think of it, and it showed it as Highway 2. I wonder I wonder how long she's been in that house. Like, cause she's been there for she 30 years. Well, according then, to all the items in the yard, <laughs> she's been there a minute or two. Right, so... <laughs> Maybe when I think she, that's why she can't use that other driveway because there's kind of some things that don't run in it. Maybe when she bought the house, it wasn't a very high traffic area, and 30 no, years it, later, it's like holy moly! It was a stop sign yeah, for I was years. Say, right? yeah. It used to be a just a four way stop, yeah. which would be better for her because then uh-huh. traffic would be moving. Yeah, cool. Yeah, somebody would move and let her in, probably. Jim. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Questions from the audience. Uh, I don't have any on the outline, but I do have two questions. Actually, three. So. Richard Garul, he says, hey, Jam, I have a question for the brothers. Is there plans on doing terminals like in Colorado Springs? <laughs> oh, Richard. <laughs> hey, Richard, how you doing, man? Yeah, hope everything's good, Richard. Yeah. And if the brothers know that the emissions only go by county unless it's different for diesel trucks, because in El Paso County, we don't have emissions compared to the county that's, that are in the Denver metro area. So two questions there. I think I can answer the question about the springs. No. Never say never, Jim. I didn't say never. I just said no. <laughs> no at this about, time. Not no right now. <laughs> and, he, and he's absolutely right about the emissions. Right. And it's, it's a, based on the population of pollution. And then outside that, and most places in El Paso County are outside that, Jim. Gotcha. Yeah, and here's a little tidbit to add on top of that, Richard. Just as a trucking company, beware, because I know I know like your dad has trucks and stuff. You can't be licensed in El Paso County and run what is it, Jim? Seventy five percent of yeah, the time I, in Denver, yeah, and not have an emissions. Because ah, we're not we, supposed to do that. Yeah, gotcha. He had another side question: Is there plans to do merchandise? If so, can I buy some? So. <laughs> We've had a lot of people ask about merchandise, but I would say for Richard Garul, if you send me your address, perhaps I might send you <laughs> so some. So it might show up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It would be kind of cool to have merchandise on the website, though. Let's do it. And be able to do, like, here's... Cups. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, ma- I'm so making this up. Like, hats, you know, here's a $12 hat or a $20 hat, and you can click a button, and it says shipping, and shipping's like, seven bucks or whatever yeah. you know what here's I mean. a 12 hot here's a 12 dollar hat for 20 dollars and seven dollars <laughs> shipping <laughs> yeah because to joke with that is you know about the profit or not profit or anything else like that it just bothers me dave brother dave because of the here's commerce city with their piece out of it here's the sales tax right. here's what we have to report it can't be as easy as somebody wants your merchandise it's not like yeah. i need a I don't know. I need a golf club. Sure. Just somebody wants to sure. wear your T-shirt and you can't. It, it kind of reminds me. Remember, God, what's it been? 
three years ago, four years ago, or who knows the way time flies, we had someone reach out to us with a letter from their son, and I think they were a special needs Mm, son, and the son had, what, seen our trucks and wanted a hat, or what was it that they... He collected hats, I thought. Yeah, collected hats or something like that, and it was, I mean, they mailed us a letter, right? Because that that was the only way to get a hold of us. I mean, you remember the situation? I do, do, but I don't remember the details. Jim, were they not in, like, Pennsylvania or... Huh. God, they were they were not local, and it was at first we were kind of like, wait a minute, this is a little fishy. It just, something just didn't seem right, and it was it was all legit. Yeah, so. yeah. I think traveling maybe traveling through the states. Yeah, so something. Little, yeah, I think we do need some Channel Twenty Three gear. You know, whether we sell it or not. I'm assuming have. he got a hat, right? Oh yeah, we yeah. we sent stuff. <laughs> yeah, I did. We sent yeah. him a Peterbilt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, had a check engine light, but it's okay. It's that DPF. Uh, Troy Hunt had a question. He wanted to know if we are going to be able to see a rendition of what Yard 23 is going to look like in the near future. And also, if you're going to farm out the work or if you and Brother Dave are going to build it yourself. (laughs) Yes and no. (laughs) And wish, but yeah, no, a, a rendition. Yeah, that's getting really cool. Yeah, we actually yeah. had really? another meeting on it this afternoon. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, so like a 3D model we'll have? or um, I think it'll be well, more maybe artwork. Yeah, yeah, more artwork plans. about what's going on. Plans. Actual plans. plans. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. yeah of what, and it'll have, obviously, drawings and stuff on it. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, can, can we, like the Keywood building, can we have it say JFW? <laughs> Man. The, God, was that, was that, that in, building. in the parking structure? Yeah, I was that even, beautiful yeah. Yeah. when you showed us a picture? I would like to have 10% of that budget. Huh. Right? Yeah. Just it, in my pocket, like 10% of that Keywit building. Wow. I couldn't believe it. So just so everybody knows, I try not to ever go south of I-70. <laughs> like I live in Westminster. Once I moved there, because I moved from South Denver, you know, there's a gun store I go to south of I-70. And other than that, I'm trying not to go south of You're I-70. You're nor- northern fella. <laughs> Except for my wife. She's big on Facebook Marketplace, and she finds things. And she found these, what was it, um, these stanchions. Anyway, they were in Castle Rock. Okay, yeah, I'll go down to Castle Rock. Let's go get them. And on the well, way that's down- not South Denver. That's Castle Rock. Yeah, that's way south of I-70. <laughs> on the way down there, I see like a Keywood sign, and like my brain just put it together real quick. It's, there's a beautiful Keywood building on, uh, on the west side of I-25 in like Lincoln. It's just a beautiful, beautiful building with a parking structure. The whole thing is just badass. Wow. Yeah, yeah is, that, is that one of their headquarters then? Because I know they were headquartered out east, or I'm yeah. going to call it yeah, like more they, east. I thought they were like Kansas did they, almost or did something Did they move like that, the, the thing or needed something? Because I, mean, I know when we met. I know they're worldwide, right? Right, because right, I know yeah. when we met with that one Kiewit guy, they had like a California, a Colorado, and something yeah. else yeah. going. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is definitely a permanent, like, it's somebody's home over there for sure. Yeah, it's, it's been, yeah, pretty cool. I mean, kind of a side note, only because he's been on the podcast and we deal with him a lot. But Rick Bowen, a shout out to you, buddy. Uh, he's our Kenworth salesman. For those of you that didn't listen to that podcast, but uh, his son is about to graduate. Well, should be like graduating this week or yeah, next now, yeah. from Polytech out in California, and he got a construction management degree from out there, and uh, you know. Kudos to Rick. I mean, his kid sounds super sharp, but in Rick's sales up here, 
he's sold Kiwit a bunch of equipment through the I-70 project and nice. stuff like that. That's kind of how we know about Kiwit. And uh, anyway, he's made some some relationships with those guys here locally in Colorado. And, you know, Rick has just off cuff said, yeah, my kid's going to college. You know, you build those relationships, you talk about stuff. And anyway, the guy that he's working with here is like, man, we always need uh, uh, help out there. You know, does he want to do a uh, internship Mm. during one of the summers? And so anyway, Rick hooked him up and his kid did this internship last year and did well enough and liked it well enough. They actually brought him in and it it was kind of funny because Rick kind of gave the story. At first, I guess they were kind of messing with the kid like, hey, you know, you got to come in for an interview and we don't see this often, but the big boss wants to see you. He wants to meet with you. And... The kid kind of thought he was joking a little bit. David is his name. And uh, Rick is like, David calls him and says, hey, they're telling me the big boss wants to meet with me. And Rick is like, great. Use it as an opportunity. You know what I mean? You can can kind of show your skills, be humble, you know, be thankful for the opportunity you got to be an intern. And, you know, just kind of went over some kind of life skills with him for kind of a new interview. And the, the big boss came in and Rick said his son was super nervous. And the guy was like, so I'm going to guess everybody's messed with you and said, be nervous when I show up. And David was like, yeah, I'm pretty nervous. The guy's like, listen, dude, I just have questions for you. That's all I've got. And we want to know how we did, how we treated you during your internship, nice. how, what, what we're providing for you, what skills have you learned? He said, I have questions for you because I need your knowledge through your experience. And it, you know, Rick just said it was a really cool deal. And make a long story short, he graduates on like a Friday, and he's going to start with Kiwit on Monday. Nice. So, I mean, he's he's got his degree, and he's you know starting with it, and it was just cool. You know what I mean? And that's that's kind of one of those big companies that is is reaching out to the to the school levels and utilizing those skills because there's there's other people that have gotten degrees, and you know they're still looking for a job a year later. Right. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats, yeah. congrats, yeah, congrats, Rick, if you're listening. Yeah. Hey, and the other, the other part of Troy is I know I think you uh, kind of answered it, Dave, but as far as building the building and stuff like that, we'll do as much as we can. You know, the excavating part. Oh, all part. the dirt work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some yeah. of the, you know, probably try to use contract contacts with the concrete and stuff like that. Whatever we can do. As far as taking and screwing the panels on the building, uh, that, that <laughs> sailed with this building, I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was 20-something years ago? <laughs> 23, yeah, You were Dave. a little younger back then, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Dave. You had to bring age up. Uh, why is I'll, it an age lo- thing? I'll yeah, never I, paint my house again. <laughs> Man. All right, tips and tricks from Chris Beam. Not everything needs to be called into the shop. For example, faulty tire monitors. Check your tire. If everything is good, make a note and write it up in the evening. There is no need to call the shop. Side note, buy yourself a tire pressure gauge you can get a quality one for about 15 bucks. So great point, Chris. If you got you know a low pressure uh, indicator saying you got 30 pounds of tire pressure in your front right outside tire and you bump it or you put a gauge on it and it's reading right, you don't need to call the shop about that. You can just write it up when you get in. That's, are we kind of back to situational, situational awareness? awareness? And I are. guess, you know, don't bother the shop. When you have that light come on, do do what Chris says. Right. Stop, pull over in a safe spot, get out, bump that tire. If it's a heat thing, put your hand on it. Right. Don't call the shop because they're going to ask you to stop 
Find a safe place. Your, check that tire. Right. Right. Put your gauge on it. Put yeah. your put your hand on it. Make sure you know safely, right. cautiously. You know, touch it like it's a hot frying pan. Be sure you're not. Use, could, it could be 150 degrees. Who knows? Use the back of your hand. This way, if you burn it, you can still grab your steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> There's a tip and trick. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I mean, we appreciate you, but if you call in and say, "Hey, I got a low pressure indicator." I checked the tire. It's got 100 pounds of PSI. What do you want me to do? The answer is going to be go trucking. Mm-hmm. So, but we appreciate you double checking, but you don't need to call in for that. Uh, if you have an amber check engine light, if your truck doesn't have any drivability issues, you can t- continue on and ride it up in the evening. Back to the ABS lights, you can also ride them up in the evening. Chipped or cracked windshields can be written up in the evening. If you are told to bring it into the shop, once you get there, Find out where they want you. Don't ask them on the radio, meaning get out, walk into the shop, ask them where they want you. Because a lot of times, Chris or Ricky or Mikey, they could be underneath the truck doing something. They got to get up and walk over to the radio just to tell you where they where they want you. You could just walk in. They'll tell you which bay to pull in. Also, before you do a call-in, check everything out, take pictures, and be ready for questions the shop may have. All these things are just time-saving measures. No need to bother mechanics for every little thing. I like that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's well put. It's well thought out. The you know the last part, Jim, is what you know I want to talk about. It's you know also bef- uh, before you do call in, check everything. You know how many times have we you know somebody's I don't know what the situation is, but I got go and go and so and so going on, and we go. Have you stopped? No. Right. I mean that. Wow, that's just a it's just a buzzer going off. Stop. Check it out. You know, just like Chris said, because yep. it might be it might be nothing. Could be everything now. You know. So and again, a safe spot though. Don't stop. You know, middle of I twenty five. Right. <laughs> Go. Hey, I'm checking it out. Yep. Yep. Dave Ramsey, financial tips from Linda Frazier. Hello, family. Ramsey Solutions is offering an online financial peace university led by Ramsey personalities, Rachel Cruz, Jade Warshaw, John Delante, Ken Coleman, Eddie Cullen, and George Kamal. This is a great opportunity to start your journey to less stress, getting out of debt, and helping yourself out. Classes start as early as May 8th. There are nine classes, two a week, so it's an accelerated class. I have included the link. Wow, I, I sound like I'm a commercial right now. <laughs> you did a nice job, Jim. <laughs> anyway, I'll put the link up in the notes of this uh, podcast. It's $79.99. Normally, it's 99 It includes live discussions over Zoom with the Ramsey personality, 12 months of access into nine F- Financial Peace University video lessons, Three months of access to every dollar budgeting app, free financial coaching, full editable digital workbook, and then Linda says you can do this. Nice. Yep. Yeah, good information. Yeah, yep. good job, Linda. Thank we, you. We always brag about Dave Ramsey and his tips, and uh, people that have gone through his program are successful. So, Super Dave, I'm sure you got a good high road hauling for us today. I do. I do. As always. This week's High Road Holland is How to Make Better Excuses. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) Don't make excuses. 
Tell the put truth. something in his coffee this morning. <laughs> I'm telling you. I feel you. like somebody spiked his coffee. I thought he was going to crack off another dad joke. <laughs> but uh, anyway, everybody has to deal with adversity. Adversity is something that's ever-present in people's lives. And, um, you know, it's up to us to deal with it in uh, a way that will move us forward and we will learn or we could um, fail and let adversity conquer us. So there, there are um, ways to do that. And this little piece here is why adversity is important. You have applied for a new job, okay, at your work, a promotion. You've met with your boss, and during the interview, he said they don't think you're right for the new job. And you won't succeed. Now, what would you do in a difficult situation like this? Would you throw in the towel? Would you quit? Or would you gather your inner strength, your grit, and prove them wrong? Adversity is impossible to avoid. At times, it feels like a never-ending battle. Every time you turn around, you're faced with another problem. But those hard situations force you to learn and grow to realize your capabilities. Take the aforementioned meeting, for example. Being told that you aren't good enough and having people doubt your abilities is your time to work harder and to succeed. It's when you tell yourself that you're not going to crumble as you encounter the adversity, but overcome it. As with making mistakes, if you learn from them, you'll grow as a person and perhaps inspire others to do the same. The definition of adversity is a misfortune, a troubling situation, or hardship. And there are six types of adversity that you may encounter. Self-doubt, injury or illness, rejection, poverty, losing a loved one, and career struggles. Despite all the advice you might get through self-help books, friends, family, or the internet, adversity is a process. It isn't always solvable in the blink of an eye. Life is full of surprises and you have to be resilient. Here are some steps to overcome adversity. One, stop making excuses. <laughs> don't, don't make better ones. <laughs> I don't know why I came up with that. Um, elaborate excuses and denial are two common responses to failure. We have to first acknowledge our disappointment and our own role in creating it when adversity strikes, but only then can we beat it. Even if it's not your fault, pinning all the blame on someone else <laughs> won't help get you anywhere. <laughs> um, <clears throat> two, write your ideas down. Sometimes it's freeing to write your thoughts down on paper. Writing or journaling allows for self-expression and self <laughs> <laughs> Dave. Uh, <laughs> oh, you better check that time, Jim. I don't know what's got, got me got, going here. Got to leave that in there, Dave. It's, it's funny it's you're funny. trying to be so serious. Oh, buddy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Did you pick up the old lady in the parking lot yet? <laughs> oh, man. Number funny. three. Change your state of mind. Your, your thoughts define you. When we expect failure or disappointment, we usually experience... <laughs> Man, got the giggles. We, we usually experience it. <clears throat> and this is a psychological phenomenon known as the self... <laughs> 
Should we just not have the high road hauling? <laughs> you got a good high road hauling for us? Nope. <laughs> no, it's very good. It's very good. Okay, start again. Number four, stay disciplined. Haven't stopped. <laughs> I'm having stay, trouble. Stay disciplined. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having trouble with that. <laughs> oh. oh shit! <laughs> In all seriousness, folks. <laughs> right. Number four: Stay disciplined. It's not uncommon to feel like your life is out of control. Practicing the same daily habits will help you maintain control. The routine will. Uh, you build will create the consistency and structure that is a foundation to help combat the uncertainty created by adversity. And five, use your sense of humor. Laugh. <laughs> Good job, Dave. I'm like, you're not going to laugh at that one. <laughs> oh. Shit. <laughs> it makes it feel like we passed around the weed in here or something. <laughs> Maybe we are taking a shot. Oh, Situational God. awareness. Okay, let's try this again. Number five, use your sense of humor. Laughter is the best medicine, especially for your mental health. Laughing literally causes a change in your brain activity that can aid in immune system function and long-term mental health and positivity. Have faith. Don't sink in fear or self-pity, believing that you can and will make it to the other side of the mountain that's standing in your way can determine if you reach the summit or not. And number seven, let's each success energize you. No matter how big or small, celebrate your accomplishments. You deserve it, which will only help establish your sense of empowerment and self-confidence. Successful people take the time to celebrate their victories no matter how small. And don't take no for an answer. Determination is one of the most important and effective tools to help you deal with adversity. One person turning you down doesn't mean everyone will. And next, surround yourself with people who have a positive mindset. You can be the most ambitious, resilient person in the world, but bright feelings can only last so long if you're surrounded by negativity. And last, spend some time in nature, carving out an hour or even a half hour to take a walk, tend your garden, or take a hike can significantly reduce your stress levels. The natural world is a natural cure for a troubled soul. Frustration and failure will always lurk in the shadows, but these difficult times serve as a valuable life lesson regardless of their heaviness. Such lessons include perseverance, adapting to change, and remaining positive despite the hurdles. Ultimately, without adversity, there are no opportunities for a growth or building resilience. Adversity teaches us about ourselves, about being uncomfortable, and how to endure. Without it, we may never discover our inner strength. Learning how to overcome adversity isn't easy, but you have the power to transform into the best version of yourself. And the quote this week, endurance is one of the most difficult disciplines but it is to the one who endures that the final victory comes. And that was spoken by the Buddha. Nice. Buddha. Mm. Nice. Good job. <clears throat> Final thoughts, everybody? Y'all, 
I'll jump in there with final thoughts. I, you know, just sitting here getting through this podcast and uh, just everything that we talked about. I guess I'm I'm so thankful. This is all we have to help educate everyone on. Mm. You know what I mean? We we function like a well-oiled machine. These are these are little tidbits of house cleaning information that we discussed that just make us we're already a star because of everyone that's here. Mm. You know, we talk about that chain. We're not a dirty, greasy, rusted old chain. We're like a shiny chrome chain, right? There's just a few links that that need a little polish on them or a little cleaned up. And I I just I'm just so thankful like these are the few items we have to talk about or remind people of or sure. you know what I mean that's our biggest issues and we're we're pretty fortunate or pretty blessed to have that because of everyone Love right it. I guess we have that everyone here is a superstar and I just I guess everybody needs to know that and it, you know we talk about all the departments and all the links in the chain and you know the two positions here driver driver support and you know I, I guess Everyone kind of needs a pat on the back or a thank you. It's 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 impressive. You know, I think I think we look like a, a duck going across the pond on calm water, but below we're we're paddling our ass off, right? We look pretty calm, cool, collected on top, but we're paddling our ass off to look like that on top. So thanks everyone for that. Awesome. Yeah. A good final argument, Dave. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> closing closing T- argument. Tough to argue, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it yeah, you're just absolutely right. I was just, you know, picturing your, you know, the bright, shiny chain. I think that maybe when we, we bust a link, that chain just kind of whips in the sunlight there, and it, it sticks out a little bit more, Yeah, you know? Yeah. But we have, we also have, like you said, such great people to fix the chain. We repair that chain pretty quickly. Right. And and that's also really neat when you run into where that chain's broken yeah. We, we, everybody does a great job of, of fixing it. So yeah, the, my, my final thoughts is I, I looked up situational awareness, believe it or not. <laughs> and, uh, the little article I, I found was for airplane pilots. And then it, you know, it talked about fighter pilots and their situational awareness. You know, there's a, another whole level of situational awareness. If you, if you're a fighter pilot and, and what you have to go through. And, and again, when I, when I called it earlier, they just, they call it SA through all of this. I'm sure, you know, being a pilot like that, there's some kind of, you know, trying to give your call signs or stuff like that, just calling it SA. But the four things that, that they lead by is extracting information from your environment. You Communication. Know, so, yeah, so we, so we talked about that, right? right. We, we hit on yeah. that one, okay? Integrating this information with relevant internal knowledge to create a mental picture of the current situation so i thought about pulling in and and the ben being no loads in front of it here's your current situation yeah what do i do with this mental picture that i just i just seen how how do i fix that or or stopping there's a stop sign at the front of the scale stop before you pull on right yeah using this picture to direct further perceptual exploration in a continual perceptual cycle <laughs> a lot of big words there on 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 that but i you know i picture doing that you know you're going to pull on the scale how many times a day how many times in a week how many times in a month you can't let that cycle break you have to pull up stop you know be in manual 
do it in first gear, pull on slowly, the whole the whole thing, you know. And then and then we talked about it that that dent in that fuel tank or that next time or or you know you dumped the two loads that were bad. But the fourth thing is anticipating future events. We need to do that. You know, we try to do that with you know better transmissions or we you know when we tell you about putting the transmission in neutral when we're sitting getting loaded that's because of a future event we talk to you about checking your airline you know your self-inflation system because what's the future event if you're not checking that airline right you know what what is that and it says here taking these four elements into account sa is defined as the continuous extraction environmental information the integration of this information with previous knowledge to form a coherent mental picture and the use of that picture in directing further uh, perception and anticipating future events Mm. so maybe if it's maybe if it's broke down maybe that's my final thought instead of just spitting out situational awareness what is what does that mean what what is that what does that look like? So, anyway, Good. it's kind of funny because we ask everyone: you have to stay in the moment, you have to be focused on what's happening, but you also have to look down the road. You know, there's yeah, you, you have to look at what's coming. You have to look at what's ahead of you, but you have to be functioning in the moment. Yeah, and may, and maybe that all has because we talk about that. Maybe that to do that mental picture or that moment or what's in the future is just to stop. Yeah, just to stop and. It well, darn I'm, sure helps to slow up, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a slow thinker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that that fast in certain situations, and I, I got to just stop. You know. Right. Me too. I think that's the most important piece of advice that we give out to people because there's so many times you could prevent so many further things from happening in everyday life. Even you know, just stop. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Is that your final thought? Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, I shared a Bible verse with uh, JR yesterday, and I said he br- it brought him a little peace and comfort. Anyway, it's Philippians 121. Uh, in this Bible verse, the Apostle Paul writes a letter to the people of Philippi, and in that verse he says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So when people hear about gaining when you die, it's kind of confusing. But... Um, a commentary from a uh, small known guy, David Guzik, he wrote, Paul knew that death was not defeat to the Christian. It is merely a graduation to glory, a net gain for the Christian. So, you know, chew on that a little bit and maybe it brings a little bit of light to what's to come. I mean, isn't the end of that, not the end of that, but the, the a better place, Jim? I mean, it's what what all Christians believe or that's what yeah, you're hoping I mean, for if you're a non-believer, just a better place. Yeah, I mean, the, the life in this world is really a flash in a pan, you know, and if you believe in eternal life, yeah. then the yeah. best is yet to come. Yeah, I mean, so. Scooby mentioned meeting JR's dad and what a you know special guy he was and, you know, JR's thing in the, in the beginning there that he gave all, it sounds like his dad was, you know, a hell of a guy that, that gave a lot and, you know, for somebody that gives a lot or, or, or spends their time here sharing with people, you hope there's a better place. Absolutely. And, and he's, at, he's at peace. Yep. So. All right. Let's say the creed and move on out of here. Perfect. Together, Together we face and overcome all that stands before us. 
Together we are accident-free. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together we are accountable for our words and our actions. And together we are the JFW family. Here, right, here, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Yeah, Thoughts thanks, everybody. Prayers, Have a great week. See you guys. See you, everybody. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. Well, it's a family tradition. Any Rocky Mountain day, our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings, but that's never been a problem, cause we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. See those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. I hear there's a couple million tons to move. I see them everywhere. So you best get out their way and watch that sand and gravel disappear. There's another run to make. We gotta get it there on time. We got what it takes to lay it all out on the line. We'll lay it all out on the line. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Big bright shiny red trucks got the best drivers in town. They got all the tools they need to keep that hammer down. When they hit them scales, they won't need to dodge them, won't need to duck them. They just keep that hammer down and they keep that diesel trucking. Keep that hammer down and keep that diesel trucking. See those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. They just keep them doors closed, keep them butts in their seats. Cause those customers are calling and those red trucks can't be beat. They've got to put the hammer down and pick up another load. Get it off the ground, keep them eyes open and on the road. Keep them eyes open on the road. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Breaker, Breaker 23, anybody got a copy on that Channel 23 podcast? Welcome and thanks for listening.